Wrestling fans, ah, it's that time for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling. That's right, it's time for this week's edition of 607 TWS live on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast. And, of course, anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607TWS for our podcast fans. If you're watching on replay, you can't chat with us, but thank you for joining us no matter how you're listening to us. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're coming to you live from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host, Rich. I'm also the host of Three Fighters Podcast. And joining me, the other host here at 607 Podcast on Twitch. But you better know him as the host of the Out Show, Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's talk some pro wrestling, damn it. I, I love how my currently, my, uh, my, my, my stuff here, if you've noticed, somehow my 3FN stuff showed up on my wrestling side. Yes. So I ended up hitting the 3FN theme song. On my soundboard. I'm not quite sure how that worked. And if you just looked, you saw purple mixed with green. Yeah. And I have them color-coded. So I don't understand what the soundboard's doing, but fuck it. It's been my day. I uh, left the computer and stuff at my work, so I had a, I got almost all the way to the studio. I had to turn around. So that's the kind of day Rich is having. So hopefully we can turn around. I had a great recording for 3 Fanners Podcast. If you're on Patreon, you get to hear that tonight. Patreon.com slash 8122productions for as little as $1 a month. Get a ton of extra bonus content, including that. Uh, by the way, shameless plug. I just have to let you know. During the break, because we talked during the break on there, mm-hmm. we talked about the Google AI. Oh, I cannot wait to hear it's a this lot of take. Fun. So the only way you get to hear that is on Patreon, by the way. Sorry. Uh, everywhere else comes out tomorrow in the afternoon. So it is what it is. But if you want to support us, everything we do, there's a good way to do it. Uh, I promise I wasn't doing that for a shameless plug. I was just doing it more or less because it tells the story of my day. So yeah. at least it got better. And I hope we have a good night here talking pro wrestling. We should. We, we definitely should. should. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get upset. I promise I'm not going to get upset. There's nothing that really can upset me, I don't think. Could be wrong. Could Something could happen. Could happen. We got a live microphone, so you never know what's going to happen on 607 Podcast. Twitch.tv slash 607 Podcast to be specific if you were listening in podcast form. You never know. You could get the any any given time. Could be reloaded. Yep. Point and aim. <laughs> Next thing you know, just blowing shit up. I just wanted to fuck with the board to make sure it's working. <laughs> yeah. Hey, a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, a little wired, a little tired, as our friend uh, Nick Cage said in the remake of Gone in 60 Seconds. But I do know we have a lot, a lot to talk about this week. Uh, Pat says, reportedly, the Google AI is working on a pipe bomb promo on Bing. I'm sure that it's going to be epic. I can't wait to see it. It thinks it's a person, though, so that's good news for us so far. So far. Uh, I'm scared, people. I'm freaking out over here. Freaking <laughs> fucking out. If you want to hear all about that, once again, patreon.com slash 8122productions. I can't wait to hear <laughs> Those it. Those $1 a month. Anyways, I know you're going to enjoy it. Uh, with that being said, though, we have a big show. Mm-hmm. The main event of the show, we got Doubleheader. Doubleheader. GCW's got a big week. I want to talk about that. Preview that. Also, Impact Wrestling Slammiversary. Let's go. We're going to be previewing that. They're hitting home runs lately. Killing it. In the mid card. We're going to talk about some indie roundup. I consider NWA in the indie category. So sure, NWA. We're also going to talk about Pro Wrestling Revolver, two great shows that went down this weekend, both available on Fight.tv. 
And then, of course, we're also going to talk some wrestling news. Uh, all sorts of great stuff in that news, including uh, somebody got arrested. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody who's listening knows we're going to talk about yeah. that and so much more. Also, uh, in the opening segment, though, we are going to talk New Japan Pro Wrestling. Dominion went down. And uh, not only are we going to talk about that, we're going to talk about there was the announcement for G1 Climax 32. Mm-hmm. And also, on top of that, Ken M., what is going down with Forbidden Door? So we got a little more of the picture. We're going to talk about all of that in the opening segment. But, but before we get there. Let's tell these fine folks how to find yourself in the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on all our social media accounts. They're all right there on the front page. Parley Points, new blogs dropping this week, including a brand new blogs count anywhere. So if you want even more pro wrestling content, boom, it's right there. The T Public Store, the Classified, the Directory. If it's anything and everything that is the ODPH, it can be found at odphpodcast.com. Let's keep it short and simple for this one. If you're trying to find a Three Founders podcast or me, a simple 8122productions.com. All the links are there to the social medias. Social medias are easy anyways. Three Fat Nerds Pod, just throw an at in front of it, and there we are. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Hashtag 3FN Pod whenever talking about the show. Uh, of course, at 8122productions.com, you can get the links to the Patreon that I mentioned earlier, patreon.com slash 8122productions, the links to the, the Twitch channel. Uh, there's the links to RT Public Store, friends of the show like the ODPH, and our good friends over at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Find out more about, more about that great event, Sci-Fi horrorfest.com and so much more over at 8122productions.com i'm super excited i can't even talk kenem i'm excited because yesterday we didn't watch it when it came out no. it came out at 1 a.m eastern time but we got to watch it later in the afternoon i'm so excited i almost skipped over your favorite part ken i was almost just trying to get into the show because i hope everybody else is excited to talk dominion because uh <laughs> time that we talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Hit it! And we talk about Dominion, the second biggest show of the year for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Went down this past Sunday from the Osaka Joe Hall in Osaka, Japan, the second largest city in Japan as well. Yes. Interesting. Their biggest show of the year, Wrestle Kingdom, is at the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, the biggest city in Japan. Mm-hmm. And their second biggest show is at the second biggest place, Osaka. And they definitely delivered an amazing card. Oh, I can't wait to talk about this. It was a phenomenal card. One of the best wrestling cards I've seen. If you have not watched this card, what are you waiting for? NJPWWorld.com. Sign up for New Japan World. There's New Japan Strong is on there. All the events from New Japan are on there. All the new stuff comes up with English uh, commentary. It's 999 yen. Do not worry because the trans uh, the translation of that into American this past it changes. This past mm-hmm. month it was seven dollars and sixty eight cents. Wow, that was my billing statement from this past month. That was the conversion rate. Sometimes it's eight something. Sometimes it doesn't go above nine. Mm. So there you go. That is what it costs, and you get to watch a, a litany of stuff from the past, stuff going on right now. And this is the best time to sign up because we're going to be talking about it coming up very soon. We're knocking on the door of the G one Climax tournament. Yes. We're going to talk about that announcement after we talk about Dominion, but you're not going to want to miss that. That's going to be straight action. They're doing some big things this year with the G1 Climax. Yeah, I don't want to spoil too much about that because we have a lot to break down about exactly. that, that but this NJPWworld.com, what are you waiting for? You can also buy all these events on Fight.tv, mm-hmm. and that's fine if that's what you choose to do. But why... I'm going to say it. I'm going to be I'm going to be frugal. And there's nothing as fight.tv. We know I love fight.tv. They sure. they watch, they support us. Thank you fight.tv. I'm not shitting on you, but I don't think they'll mind me telling you that why spend $30 or $40 on a pay-per-view when you can get it for 9. Yes. 
And the only thing it doesn't really include is stuff that's blacked out in America. Uh, sometimes the New Japan Strong stuff is blacked out in America for a few days, and then it's up there. So mm -hmm. you can't watch some of it live if it's American. But, but you can watch it if it's from Japan. And Dominion is from Japan. So, and uh, of course, we had Kevin Kelly on the call. Mm -hmm. Good call. You're going to love it. Uh, let's talk. Yeah, let's break it down. So this one out at 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, mm -hmm. 2 p.m. Japan Time. Uh, we watched it the, later that afternoon. It was like between 5 and 6 is when we started it because I wasn't getting up at 1 a.m. Yeah, we we're on the East Coast. We just don't do that. I was just going <laughs> to wait. I stayed off of Twitter. I stayed off of social media purposely because I didn't want to see nothing. Let's talk about it. The opening contest was a six-man tag team match. Uh, the United Empire, Aaron Henry, TJP, and Francisco Akira defeated the team of Taguchi, Master Wado, and Hiroshi Tenzan via submission by Aaron Hanwai, who went off the fucking reservation after the match. Uh, this match got 10 minutes and 31 seconds. Great six-man open, and man, Aaron Hanrai is uh, really impressing a lot of people. Hanrai definitely stole this match, and man, what an opening contest. Really set the tempo for the rest of the night, in my opinion. Next up, we had another six-man tag team match. This featured the Bullet Club, Taji Ishimori, your IWGP junior heavyweight champion, El Fantasmo, and the newest member of Bull the Bullet Club, the X the the, T the Impact Wrestling X Division champion, the inevitable Ace Austin. Mm -hmm. And he uh, they defeated the Los Ingres de Japón team, Atetsu Naito, Bushi, and the winner of the Best of the Super Juniors, Homaru Takahashi. Eight minutes and four seconds. This was action packed. Don't let the time fool you. A lot of action went down. There was a fun spot in the beginning where Ace Austin and his magic <laughs> stick, if you will, really uh, got the interest of one tattoo, Naito. Yes. Very w fun way to open up the show, but obviously, you know, once the bell rang, everybody got down to business. They got all their stuff in, and that is something, especially with how talented everybody was that was involved in this match. Nothing really felt rushed. It had a good flow to it, and man, what a match. And we were both excited because Al Fantasmo steals the win. Yes. We did not have that on our bingo cards. <laughs> Definitely did not. I was super excited for that. Speaking of thievery, our next bout, <laughs> the thief himself, Toriyanu, defeated Doc Gallows from the Bullet Club. Four minutes and five seconds, and uh, he definitely stole one. He even apologized for stealing one. <laughs> yes. Great break in the action, and I'm saying this right now, putting the karma out there for Forbidden Door. We need Toriano versus Danhausen. Oh, I would love to see I that. I need this. I would love to see that. Uh, next up, we had a six-man tag team match, but this one was for the Never Open Weight Six-Man Championships. Your champions, and they've held those belts with an iron fist for a while. The Bullet Club House of Torture, Evil, Yujiro Takahashi, and Show took on the Suzuki Goon team of Zack Sabre Jr., El Desperado, and Kanemura. At the end of the day, House of Torture and still your champions. Show wins via pinfall. Snick stuck one out there, 9 minutes and 26 seconds. Yeah, definitely a fun match. Uh, they hit the ground running. Obviously, Bullet Club doing the jumping from behind. Really set the pace and never let go of this match. I mean, it was, I don't want to say it was one-sided, but it kind of had that vibe to you it. You should say, they snot tried to get the jump from behind, but Suzuki Goon was on it. Yes. Uh, no sighting of their leader, Minoru Suzuki, but I'm sure he was not happy with that loss. No, he definitely was not. Next up, we had a tag team match in our first or our second title fight of the evening for the IWGP World Tag Team Championships. These are the heavyweight belts. Your champions, the Bullet Club, Bad Luck Valet, and the Crown Jewel Chase Owens, defending against the United Empire team, a great great O'Con and Jeff Cobb. This match got 11 minutes and 52 seconds, and at the end of the day, Ken M and new IWGP World Tag Team Champions, the United Empire, Great Okan, and Jeff Cobb. All in about this. Love the match. Love and new. 
Just the only thing I'm going to be disappointed is when we get to Forbidden Door. Because I don't think they're going to put the belts on the line. Not by their choice, mind you. I hope they still get to fight FTR. But yes. uh, you'll, we'll, be, we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Next up, we had the AEW Interim World Title Eliminator match. This match got 12 minutes and 40 seconds. And your winner... Hiroshi Tanahashi the ace as he defeated Hiroki Goto by pinfall 12 minutes and 40 seconds using the uh, high five flow to win the match. Uh, You know, I'm going to say it. I love the history of Tanahashi. Mm -hmm. I love the ace as far as what he means to New Japan Pro Wrestling and what he means to wrestling, but the ace has seen better days. And it's like, unfortunately, it's really weird to me that they stagger him out. I understand at the time... And I've said it, and I've, I'm going to keep saying it. New Japan's not going to feed to AEW any of the top guys. Sure. Tanahashi, I'm not saying he's not a top guy, but he's an elder statesman. Mm-hmm. And just like in Japan, the elder statement, statesman can take pinfalls because they're elder statesmen. He's always going to be the ace to everybody, so that makes it a big deal. And they've been trying to set up this rematch between Moxley and Tanahashi forever. Mm-hmm. It, I, To me, this felt like it was telegraphed. Yep. I felt like we knew it was going to be Moxley Tanahashi. I'm not saying you should have given it to Goto, but I think this match was irrelevant. They should have just, they shouldn't even have these eliminator matches. In my opinion, they should have just announced Moxley versus Tanahashi for the belt at Forbidden Door. That's my opinion. But how did you feel about the match and Tanahashi going over Goto? Which Goto also, to be quite honest, is on the back nine of his career as well. Solid match, but you hit the nail right on the head. Telegraphed. Ever since CM Punk went down, and I touched upon this a little bit in the block. This has been telegram. This has been set up for Tanahashi to win. I there I there was no way he was not going to win this match, and even what they did on AEW with Moxley facing the winner of the Battle Royal, like that was pointless. I'm sorry, like you should have had Moxley be in the Battle Royal to actually make it feel like a bigger deal about him getting the title shot instead of just sacrificing Kyle O'Reilly. Not saying it was a bad match there, no. but but it, it we're just really buying time until we get to Punk. And that's all this is. It's just it's just weird to me. But anyways, now we'll have at Forbidden Door in the main event, from what we've already heard, mm-hmm. for the AW Interim Championship, which we know I don't like interim belts. I think it should just be for the vacated title and just have Punk get the shot when he comes back. But whatever. It's not my choice, not my company. We'll roll with it. Tanahashi versus Boxy. They still get a big deal match for the fans of the product, I guess. It is what it is, but man, I, I mean, Tanahashi has had, a, like, to his credit, he has had a lot of face time in AEW. Whether it was facing Moxley, whether it was on their air, they, they've mentioned him facing Moxley, facing Jericho, etc. So, yeah, gotta give him a slight credit there. It, it is slight credit, but I just, I sense we're gonna have Tanahashi win at the end of the night, and Punk comes out to do the standoff with him, belt first belt. You know it's coming. I, I don't know if that's gonna happen. We'll talk about it when yeah. we talk about Forbidden Door. Sure, sure. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. Uh, next up, though, in probably the most creative and fun match of the evening. Yes. I'm going to be honest with you. It was the 10-minute unlimited pinfall scramble match for the provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2022 trophy. So if you don't understand what the King of Pro Wrestling trophy is, there is a tournament for, well, it's actually technically it's a battle royal they do at Wrestle Kingdom. It's the, mm-hmm. the Rambo. And at the end of the Rambo, the last four guys in the second night of Wrestle Kingdom have a four-way match. The winner wins the provisional King of Pro Wrestling trophy. Now, the King of Pro Wrestling Trophy can be defended. Some guys try to hoard it, but usually it's defended. Mm -hmm. And in the past, it's just been defended in regular matches. And whoever has possession of that trophy when the clock strikes midnight on December 31st is known as, goes forward as being known as the official King of Pro Wrestling for the year previous. Hmm. Even though a new one will technically be crowned, 
in four days, which is four days, four or five to five days, technically the second day. But it's it's still a really fun gimmick. Yeah, they have made it more fun though by adding this ten minute unlimited pinfall scramble. Now let's explain what this is. This is ten minutes on the clock. Each wrestler has that time to have as many seconds of pin counts as they can get. So even if the ref counts three, he doesn't stop counting. He the match counting, still goes. But he still, he still counts. Right. So if you roll up a guy and the ref can get to eight, that's eight points you've just earned. If the guy only gets to two, that's two points you've earned. And so on. And you get bonus points if you can hit your finisher. Hmm. So these two guys in their last match, Tai Chi had won the KOPW title. Or yeah. Trophy, and then he lost it to Shingo in a, in this kind of style match, thirty to twenty nine. So a lot of pins. Mm-hmm. This match a little different because at the end of the day, it was one point again. Yes, because Shingo Tagagi retained the KOPW trophy by defeating Tai Chi eleven to ten in the ten minute time limit. Fun match, and like you touched upon, creative is all hell. Tai Chi came this close. Yes. By the way, I was a lot of fun. I liked it. Believe it or not, like, oh, there's some gimmick matches you're like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. But this was actually fun. If you, I know it might have sounded more confusing me explaining it, but if you saw it, you'd be like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. Because it was giving incentive to pin more. It was giving incentive to kick out as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. And you saw some cool stuff. I think at one point, Tai Chi got a four count. Yes. I think that was the biggest one in this match. I think in the previous match, there was like an eight or nine count. So like, there's they, they've done some cool stuff here. So I can't wait to see more of like that. And Shingo has uh, teased that he's going to upgrade the trophy or possibly make it a belt. I think it'd be cool if it was a belt. It's easier to pass on, I think. Yeah. I agree. All right. Next up, we had another title match, by the way. The Never Open Weight Championship was on the line. Oh. Your champion, the good bad guy, mm-hmm. Tama Tonga, former member of the Bullet Club, going against Bullet Club's own and finally making his in-ring return to Japan because he's had COVID. He was out for a little bit, but he finally made his in-ring return. We're talking about the machine gun Carl Anderson, the man who, as he said later on in the night in his conference, was the senpai yes. to Tama Tonga. He also called him some derogatory Japanese terms I'm not going to use. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, this match got 16 minutes and 27 seconds. Both of these guys looked like they could have gone an hour. Mm-hmm. That's one credit I will give both of them. But at the end of the day, and new never open weight champion, the machine gun, Carl Anderson, bringing the gold back to Bullet Club. Great match. Great story behind it. Definitely we're going to see this ran back sooner than later. Absolutely. I thought this was really good. Uh I know we're saving some of the post-match stuff, but this didn't matter as much for Forbidden Door, so I'll just say it. Tamatanga said, you know, I knew I, you know what? Tonight proved that I can beat you. Mm-hmm. I just came up short tonight, but trust me, I'm coming back. Yes. So that was an interesting thing, and Carl Anderson was just having a blast, having some uh, Sapporo beer. Yeah. He was uh, enjoying himself. He even took a few extra. Yes. Him and uh, the big LG having a good time over there repping the Bullet Club, and they had a lot of good reasons to, and we'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Next up, though, is another title match, and it was for the vacant IWGP United States title. Uh, Juice Robinson had... Uh, uh, sorry, what what would you call Juice Robinson? Rock hard. Uh, you can't do the LG, neither I can know. I. It's like, rock hard. Juice Robinson had appendicitis. Yes. And had his appendix removed. And he didn't say he wouldn't send the belt back. <laughs> and some believe that he was just dodging Will Osprey. If you listen to the Billy Goat, mm-hmm. as Will Osprey is now known as, not just the Commonwealth Kingpin. No, he also calls himself the Billy Goat. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not quite understanding of all of it, but I'm okay with it because I love Will Ospreay and I love Mother Mike these days. Yes, when he's letting loose, he's really developed a, a solid persona for the mic. Well, for the vacant title, we got a match that we've been waiting for for a long time because Will Osprey had cracked the orbital bone of Sonata, which helped cause Sonata to lose the IWGP United States title. So finally, we got the match between Osprey and Sonata. Mm. We got it in Osaka Joe Hall. We got it in the co- you know the, the, the semi-main, as they call it over there. At the end of the day, though, your new United States... IWGP, IWGP, sorry, United States Heavyweight Champion. The red leather and gold, as he said. Mm-hmm. The Commonwealth Kingpin. The Billy Goat. Will Ospreay. Love this match. This is a phenomenal match, by the way. Yeah. If you, 12 minutes and 48 seconds. If you've never seen Sonata before, yeah, that was my, actually, this is a great introduction to Sonata. I've only seen him in a few bits, and this is was a really a great showcase of what he could do, especially against a guy like uh, Osprey standing. For anybody new to New Japan, I don't know if Sonata's going to be on Forbidden Door. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess no. Probably not. But anybody who's watching New Japan, he's one of the young up-and-comers. He's like in that next category of guys who are breaking into the scene. He's in that category because he's sub-30. He's in that category with the Will Ospreys, even though Will Osprey does have a, has some title belts under his, mm-hmm. his, his thing. Jay White. Yep. He's in that next generation of the Four Musketeers, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're going to see a lot, a lot more of Sonata going forward. And not, trust me, I am not upset about that. No, definitely not. Although it is weird, his his uh, his association with Lij is kind of strained. Naito he didn't join Naito. Naito didn't join him. I don't know what's going on there. He says he wants to do it on his own. According to Naito, that's what he said. And Naito was like, "That was a mistake." Yeah, I think it could be for something down the road. Maybe I, I think it was a setup for something. Just where I'm not sure though. But if we had to say there's one more match left, and it was your main oh. event, and it was the definition of a main event facts this is a five-star match i'm gonna before i say this is the match of the night this is when you say the word main event this match is what they mean Mm -hmm. there was great matches on this show bar none there's a we talked about this match was fucking killer top Top to to bottom bottom. even the six mans even some of the younger talent super good matches but this match outshined them all as the main event should Mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen IWGP World Heavyweight title on the line. Your champion, the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada, defending against the leader of the Bullet Club. The man who says the Bullet Club era has just begun. All before him doesn't matter because he's the catalyst. He's the king of the Bullet Club. He's King Switch. He is the Switchblade era. The Breathe with the Switchblade era is still his era. Jay White. This match... 36 minutes, four seconds. By the way, it did not feel like 36 minutes. No, it did not. At one point, I was like, man, this match was quick. That was interesting. And then when I saw the official time, I went, really? We watched a 36-minute match? Yeah. That's how good the storytelling in this match was. This match, in my opinion, because once again, that's all we give here is our opinions, Mm -hmm. has the greatest finishing sequence I've seen in a wrestling match probably since uh, Okada Omega in the three falls, no time limit. That's a fair statement. I think this is second to that only in New Japan. Yeah, I'll give you that. And that that was a great finishing sequence for that third fall with Kenny defeating Mm -hmm. Okada. No time limit, two out of three falls. And one of their bangers. I I promise you this finish was that good. Because in the they they have this great match. They slow it down in the middle. Okada's selling a leg injury. Selling a little, you know, because he he was attacking the leg. We Mm -hmm. even got to see the TTO. 
the Tanahashi tap out yeah. from 1J White while he was turned Okada so he could stare at Tanahashi who was on commentary mm-hmm. and go, remember when I locked you in this? Remember when you tapped out? Oh, so good. By the way, in Japan, there was an order with COVID that you couldn't speak at wrestling ter- events. You can't cheer. You can't yell. You can't use your voice. You could just clap. Mm-hmm. The beginning of this match, Jay White has this crowd yell sweet when he does the two sweet. He got the whole crowd to yell sweet. This was just impressive to see that kind of crowd control, especially you know, like you touched upon, the stipulations being in place. I mean, believe what you will. Switchblade Jay White is over. And speaking of over, ladies and gentlemen, we saw... We saw the TTO. Mm-hmm. We saw the tombstone pile driver from Okada. Yep. We saw the elbow drop, even though he had an injured rib, too, as the boot. We saw, uh, we saw that discus rainmaker. Mm-hmm. We saw it all, but when it came down to the finish, we they valleyed. They kept moving. They kept getting out of each other's move. You know, uh, uh, rainmaker would go for the rainmaker, then uh, switchblade would get out of it and try to go for the blade runner, but all of a sudden. We thought, Rain, we thought Okada had the Rainmaker set up. He ripped cords for the Rainmaker. He pulls in, and as he pulls in, White grabs him, turns to the side. Blade Runner literally out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't think, no. I, I don't know how the fuck they accomplished it as quickly as it happened. Grabs the leg real quick. One, two, three, and your new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, the Switchblade Jay White. Breathe with the Slitchblade. His era is still now. The catalyst of pro wrestling shocked the world. The crowd was quiet. They didn't know what the hell just mm-hmm. happened. They didn't expect Okada to win. The announcers didn't expect Okada to lose this match. People at home, myself included, yeah. did not expect Okada to lose this match. We thought Okada was going to Forbidden Door to go one-on-one when Hangman Adam Page. No. Switchblade does what he does. Now, ironically enough, I will give him, there's a little break of character. Yes. Because Switchblade put, shoved away the young boy. Mm-hmm. He took the ice pack and he put it behind Tanaha, or behind Okada's neck. He said some nice things. He, he told him that he told him he was going to beat him. He said some gimmick stuff, but then he gave him the little pat on the chest and a little kiss on the forehead, thanking him for the match. Yes. And then he got awarded his prize as he is the first real mm-hmm. IWGP Grand Slam champion. He's technically the fifth Grand Slam champion, but he has won all of the belts separately. Right. That's the problem. See, everybody else has either won the, the new IWGP World Heavyweight title, just giving you a quick history, if you didn't already know, is made up of the Intercontinental, they merged the Intercontinental title and the uh, Heavyweight title together. That's Correct. how we got the IWGP World Heavyweight title. But, but Switchblade has been the Never Openweight champion. Mm-hmm. He's, been the grand, he's been the IWGP United States champion. Correct. He's been the IWGP Intercontinental champion. Mm-hmm. He's been the IWGP Heavyweight champion, and now he is the IWGP World Heavyweight champion. As a matter of fact, in his post-match, he said the only thing he has left to do is win the G1 Climax. And that's it. And he's not, he's not even 30. I think he's 28 or 29. Yeah, I thought you alluded to he's 28. Oh yeah, it's last year. Yeah, I think it's good. yeah twenty eight because he's got a couple more years before he's thirty, and he's done all of this. Mm-hmm. By the way, let's talk. Let's talk about that promo. We'll get into yeah. the one backstage when we talk about Forbidden Door because we're going to talk about Forbidden Door soon. But in the ring, literally, and I quote, he said, "Hangman Adam Page, you can have Okada because you ain't fucking getting this." And he held the belt, and then he said, "You know what?" 
How about this, you cowboy dumb shit? Yeah. What a statement he made towards AEW. Because, I mean, we all thought, like Rich alluded to, Okada was going to face an Adam Page. That was the match. And then the big curveball was thrown. And JY just put it right out there. You want Okada? You can have him. Take that, you cowboy bitch. Yeah, that, take that. You, yeah, it was cowboy bitch. Sorry, I said cowboy. Yeah, but, cowboy but bitch. still, he had that crowd on their the edge of their seats. He was working them to the point, like he even alluded to, the crowd was his family. Make some noise for your family. Oh, he got the crowd up. Yeah. Because he said, when I, I wrestled my last match as a young lion in this building, and I told you that we were family. What, are we not family now? Make some noise. I don't care what they're telling you. I don't care that they're saying you don't talk. You make some noise for me. Come on, we're family, right? And he gullied it, and they did. And they did. They started, that was the he, biggest There was thing. a big roar from the crowd. He was like, there you go. I guess we are still family. It sure. was a really cool thing to see. It was that moment, like you say, when you kind of break away from you know typical wrestling and you have that connection with the crowd. Few people can do that. And my God, just thinking about like everything that's been going on, and Jay White breaks through to that crowd, and you could just hear that roar was just like a relief. Like, wait a minute, we're not going to do this. We don't want because the Japanese are very good at following rules. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that he kept saying, come on, we're family. He, he had to really talk, but eventually yeah. they just roared for him. And it was like, oh, and he goes, I guess we still are family. Just what a release, It man. was really kind of cool oh, to see the so crowd, dope. like a real-life moment with the crowd. It was cool to see a real-life moment for him because obviously it meant something to him to have the crowd roar for him. Mm -hmm. uh, he deserved it. Like he said, he's the catalyst. He doubled that house. Yes. The get-paid era. Every Yeah, the get-paid era. Every Everything he said is is real. He's, we're going to talk about some other things he said in the <laughs> yes, post. Yes, we are. This is going to tie into Forbidden Door. We're going to go to those post interviews after. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, because I think this is important. First of all, as a whole, how did you think of New Japan's Dominion? Incredible. Top to bottom. The only match you could say was quote-unquote bad was Gallo and Toriano. But that was fun, though. But that was fun. Because it was a funny match. It's Toriano. If you don't know who Toriano is, exactly. look him up. He's always a great time. Exactly. But you have a match of the year contender right now with Jay White and Okada. Oh, absolutely. Easily. I, I think it's leading the pack in my book right I now, mean, currently. Yeah, currently. I mean, it's 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 up there. Yeah, that finish, it's one of the best finishes I've ever fucking seen in Right, match. but this is just a statement for New Japan going into Forbidden Door. Not that they needed it, but man, if you weren't sold on what they're going to be bringing to the United Center, get ready. Well, let's be honest. Jay White has done a lot of work in the States. Yes. He's been on strong. He spent most of this year in the States this year. Between, Between that, New Impact. Japan Strong and Impact. So he's gotten this following. New Japan wants to grow the American market. That's why mm -hmm. Strong is a thing. That is why they're doing Forbidden Door. They want to grow the American market. So making their champion, their American, well, he's from New Zealand, but he's somebody that the Americans recognize. He's somebody that they talk about. You know, it's him and Will Ospreay, and Will Ospreay's busy doing other things, mm -hmm. which is going to be a phenomenal match at some point, let's be honest. Yes. I think it is good time to go with the era of the Switchblade again. And this time, let's have the era last a little longer. Yes, it and I'm, he's he alluded that he wants to beat Okada's 720-day reign that he had a few years back. He's a, I don't know if he's going to do it, yeah. but that's what he talked about. He kept saying 720. Last time I lost on my first defense. This time I'm going over 720. It's a good way to you know progress forward for him, and, and rightfully so, man. Jay White's got to be in the best of the world category. Well, you know what though, he's we got an announcement. We didn't expect to get. Yes. I didn't expect it to happen. I mean, I expected them to say something about the G1, but I didn't expect them to make a huge ground-shaking announcement about the G1. They've changed the G1. 
Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about it. It's got more competitors than ever. It's the biggest G1 in the history. Oh, it's going to be so good. Look, let's start off by saying they decided to announce the entire lineup, but also announced to us the changes. Yes. So if you're not familiar, the G1 Climax is the biggest wrestling uh, tournament of the year for New Japan, and arguably in the world period. I say the world. And in the past, we have we have done either, a, usually as a 16-man, 16 to 20-man, depending upon the year, uh, tournament field. Two blocks, block A, block B, just like the best of the Super Juniors. Mm-hmm. Round robin, and then the top four, two from each block, face each other in semifinals, and then the, the winner of each block wins, goes to the finals. That's how we've done in the past. Yes. This year, they made the announcement that G1 Climax 32 will have 28 competitors and it will be broken to not two blocks not three blocks but four seven man blocks and the winner it'll be round robin the winner of block a i think i don't know how they're going to bracket it they didn't say but uh we'll do it for ours it'll probably be like block a versus block b block c versus block d and the winners may in the middle they could switch that up it could be like a versus c Mm -hmm. they haven't announced that part yet but that's going to be there but they could have just left that. Could have just given us, hey, it's going to be 28 people. Sure. It's going to be five weeks. It's going to be, it's going to be the biggest field yet. Mm. Of course, the winner of the G1 Climax, Ken M, what do they receive? They receive the title shot at Wrestle Kingdom. That's right. They main event January 4th. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Yep. Guaranteed. So it's like the Royal Rumble in uh, King of the Ring if, you, if you're a WWE grow up. You're fine. So this year, it's important to know, the 32nd G1 Climax will take place from July 16th to August 18th. So it's over a month. And uh, the complete thing will be covered with English commentary on new NJPWworld.com. So it's a great time to get it. Are you ready for us to announce the field? Let's talk about it. First of all, and at the time we didn't know he was former, but former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Kazuchika Okada. Mm-hmm. Next up, sense. representing himself, because it used to be Bullet Club, but it's himself now. Tamatanga. Let's go. Next up, the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. No surprise there. This is the first of the surprises. New Japan Strong Champion, Filthy Tom Lawler. Let's go. Newest, me- or not newest, second newest member, technically, of TMDK, the Mighty Don't Kneel. Neither does Jonah, and he's in G1 Climax. Big move for him. Representing Chaos, Yoshihashi. Okay. The assassin himself. Mm-hmm. Next up, Hiroki Goto, who's won this tournament not once but twice. Can't doubt him. I'm not going to go through everybody who's won because a lot of these guys have won this tournament. Right. Toriyanu, also representing Chaos. <laughs> he's in. Uh, he tries to steal some every year. He doesn't ever win, but he steals some. Another man who's formerly won this tournament, and we know him, the Stone Pipple, Tamahiro Ishii. Yes. Can't doubt him. Representing the United Kingdom, one half of your IWGP World Tag Team Champions. Jeff Cobb. Let's go. Representing the United Kingdom, your other half of the IWGP World Tag Team Champions, Great O'Conn. Can't go wrong with him either. Representing the United Kingdom, the young gun, United Empire. Why did I say kingdom? You're representing the United Empire. Another, the young gun, he was a young boy, Aaron Henry. Ooh, can't doubt him making making some noise. I think this is his first G1, by the way. I think this is his first. Also representing the United Empire, 
the Commonwealth Kingpin, the Billy Go, the Uni- IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, the Rev Pro British Commonwealth Champion, the Aerial Assassin, Will Osprey. Newly minted U.S. champ, man. Watch him go. You can't doubt him this year either. Next up, representing Los Ingrenables de Japón, your provisional King of Pro Wrestling trophy holder, Shingo Tagagi. Yes, who the made dragon. a he made a very big statement there at the end of the post uh, presser. There he said he said he's coming for everybody. Mm-hmm. Whoever wants some, come get it. Yep. Also representing Lij, the man we talked about early, Cold Stone, Sonata. Mm. I think he'll make some noise this year. Next up, the leader of Los Ingrenables de Japón, the man who's one of the great, greatest wrestlers in the pro world today, one of my favorites of all time, Tetsuya Naito. Yes. Let's get into the Bullet Club, shall we? Let's talk about them. Repping the Bullet Club, your reigning, undisputed IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, the Switchblade Jay White. Can't doubt him. By the way, if the champion wins, he gets to pick his opponent for January 4th. That's a little rule that doesn't come into play often. But if the champion wins G1, he gets to pick who he faces on January 4th. That could be interesting if it falls in his favor. Next up, representing Bullet Club House of Torture, former IWGP heavyweight champion, Evil. Solid pick there. Next up, representing the Bullet Club, he left House of Torture, which is still Bullet Club, but he left that faction to come back to Bullet Club proper. You know him. You love him. It's Kenta. Yes. I Fingers crossed for him. Representing Bullet Club House of Torture, the Tokyo Pimp, Yujiro Takahashi, one-third of the six-man champions. I should have noticed that for Evil as well. Yes. Representing Bullet Club, former IWGP Tag Team Champion, Bad Luck Fale, making he's made it to the finals a few times. Never won. He's always been the bridesmaid, if you will. Yeah, I mean, this could be his year. I mean, he's, a lot of people forget about him. Also representing Bullet Club, former also former Tag Team Champion, the Crown Jewel, Chase Owens. Okay. Next up, the man who still has possession of the IWGP United States Championship, repping the Bullet Club, rock hard. Juice Robinson, and I wish I could do it as good as Luke Yeah, I, I can't even try. He's, he's I'm, the best. I'm, I'm closer, because it's kind of my yeah. Vince voice almost. Yeah, I was going to say. Next up, representing Suzuki Goon. One half of the Dangerous Techers. And a man who's been impressing a lot of people, and he's another guy that's in that next tier coming up, Tai Chi. Yeah, he could definitely sneak in there. Next up, we're also representing Suzuki Goon and the other half of the Dangerous Techers, Zack Sabre Jr. Yes, he might be due. Representing all elite wrestling. Hey, now. And also Suzuki Goon. Remember, he's a member of Suzuki Goon. We even got to see him tag with Minoru Suzuki in America on AEW Dynamite. Ladies and gentlemen, the Murder Hawk monster, Lance Archer, returns to Japan. I'm excited to see Lance back in New Japan. He's gonna, it's going to be a good times there. Yeah. They love him in Japan. Uh, he is a member of Suzuki Goon. Fits right in. So mm-hmm. he's also, they did put it on the screen, so he is repping all elite wrestling. Yes. Next up, repping his damn self, <laughs> as he points out. The, the third-generation superstar. Actually, I think he's fourth-generation, to be honest with you. David Finley. Yeah, I think... Because I think his great-grandfather wrestled, too. His grandfather wrestled, and his grand, his father, of course, is the legendary Fit Finley. Yeah, I think you're right. And the last man, representing the Bullet Club. And this man has been a junior heavyweight his whole career. This is his first time putting that toe in that heavyweight division. Ladies and gentlemen, one of our favorites from the great country of Canada, El Fantasmo. 
I never thought about that. This might be. Yeah. This is. I, I mean, I'm sure he's been in heavyweight matches before. Right. But, but this is officially him moving from the junior heavyweight to the uh, heavyweight. So that's why I think he was mentioned last because this is him. This is his coming up party. Yeah, this is coming up. So. Ooh. And we're big fans of Al Phantasmo. Love Phantasmo. Of course, he tags with Taiji Ishimori as the Bullet Club's cutest team. Mm hmm. <laughs> They they have the best light show. Yes, between Ishimori's light up mask and uh, the light up coat for Phantasmo, it's fucking great. I'm just I'm excited for him. This is going to be a cool tournament for everybody to be in. Lots of cool stuff could happen in this tournament. Very wide open tournament, obviously with the extended bracket. And man, Tom Lawler in there. Lance Archer was a surprise. Uh, I was I was kind of surprised we didn't have one more AEW guy in there. To be honest, I with was you. too. But not mad about it though. A lot going on. Let's talk about AEW now, real quick. Let's talk about Forbidden Door. Yes. Because we learned a lot about Forbidden Door. So now what is believed to be happening, uh, he kind of said it in the backstage one, is it will be the Switchblade Jay White defending the IWGP World Heavyweight title against Hangman Adam Page. Because mm -hmm. he alluded to that in his backstage promo. Yes. He also alluded to the fact that you're welcome, AEW fans, <laughs> because without him, without the catalyst... If he doesn't beat Kenny Omega for the IWGP United States title, Kenny maybe doesn't leave with the Young Bucks to start AEW. So that means you don't get Hangman Page's big moments. You don't get Brian Danielson. You don't get CM Punk returning. So you're welcome for your house. Hashtag thank you, Jay. Exactly. All, all sudden thank you cards to Jay White because he's the catalyst of pro wrestling. I know some AEW fans were not happy about those statements. Great promo, by the way. Oh, it was fantastic promo. Uh, he would go on to uh, say that it doesn't matter who's coming at Bullet Club from AEW because none of them can beat Bullet Club. There's a lot of talk that those guys are the reason Bullet Club is a name. Mm -hmm. But that's not true because the Bullet Club is still alive and fucking well. And they're carrying a lot of gold. More gold than even when Kenny and the Young Bucks were there. Yeah. They haven't seen this. He said, and I quote, we haven't seen this much gold since the days of AJ Styles. And he's not wrong. No, nothing he said was wrong about this. Because Very remember factual. when Styles was, was, was there? Dude, everybody. They had, had the tag title. titles. Kenny had the junior heavyweight title. The Bucks had the junior heavyweight tag titles. Uh, fucking uh, AJ had the IWGP heavyweight title. So that was their golden era, if you want to look at it. Not even the original, but it was a golden era. Uh, Pad goes, ah, I wish you were here too. Whoops, meant, for it. meant that for Liz. Okay, well, I wish you were here too. Yes. We Join the chat. Feelings mutual, Pad. Yes. Uh, but anyways... Uh, yeah. No. Fucking, this was a great promo. Go out of your way to hear Jay White's promo. It was, uh, like I said, it was fun to hear him go, Thank you're welcome. The catalyst of wrestling is the reason why we're doubling houses in Japan. Uh, the catalyst of, the catalyst of AEW, the catalyst of everything that happens is me. And especially too, we got to remember, New Japan does those uh, post scrums right after they come out of the ring. So this is all just straight emotion pouring out of them. And nothing he said it was wrong. Like, that's the crazy part. Carl Anderson would mimic and say, nobody can beat Jay White, and nobody can beat any member of Bullet Club, and they're confident of that. So if anybody wants to step up at Forbidden Door, go ahead. If you don't, it just proves that you already know you can't beat us. Yeah, I thought I thought Anderson's comments were kind of interesting. Anderson's been uh, pro Bullet Club. I mean, they did boot G.O.D. for him, although there's that... That uh, he does the elite symbol. Yeah, that's what I say. During so the pictures, but I, I think it's a throw to send off. I think I think he would stab his friends right in the fucking back because that's what he does. Yeah, he had no problems beating the shit out of uh, Tamatanga. He's a, a founder of the Bullet Club. Tamatanga is, is true. The original Bullet Club: Bad Luck Fale, Carl Anderson, Prince Devitt, and Tamatanga. 
That's the original Bullet Club. It's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. And all that's left is Bad Luck File and Carl Anderson. Carl mm-hmm. Anderson pisses off Bad Luck File He's in trouble. Yes. Because that's the underboss. That's that's the that's the Don. He's the guy. Yeah, you don't you don't want to cross you that line. You don't fuck with that big man. No. Ever. Mm-hmm. Trust me, Switchblade has nothing to worry about as long as that big man is in his corner. Yes. But uh, so they alluded. So it looks like it will be Hangman Page getting a shot at the IWGP World Heavyweight title and, and its current champion, Switchblade Jay White. I anticipate Jay White to retain the belt. If we were going to see a title change, because we're going to talk about the other one in a minute, just right after this. If we were going to see a title change, I think this would be the one. However, I don't know how much New Japan values adam page after the way he's been booked yeah i'm with you on that i just i can't see page walking out of there with the belt my problem with this and this is no shot at AEW fans so don't think it is don't get defensive because some people like to get defensive but here's let's look at the the, look at this adam page is coming off of a loss of the AEW title Hmm. and some people called it out for being a lackluster title run him himself thinks it was lackluster. yeah not wrong then you have one of the hottest wrestlers in the world in Jay White as your new IWGP champion. They're not known to play hot potato. Mm. So I would be surprised. However, I think that this is better idea than Tanahashi beating Mox. And here's why. Because we just said it. Tanahashi is part of the G1 Climax Tournament. That means if he wins the belt, he's gone for five weeks. Right. Granted, he would be back in time for uh, All Out. Right. Granted. So they could do that if they wanted, but then you you basically made an interim belt because your champion's not going to be on TV for your champion still to not be on TV. Does that make sense? Because I don't... I'm not saying Tony wouldn't do it because he's done some crazy shit. The Visionary has done some crazy shit, but what are your thoughts? I mentioned this in the blog, too, for that s- specific reason. If Tanahashi goes... This is going to be like when Brock Lesnar took time off with the belt a couple years back when he was champion and the internet lost its mind because the champion wasn't on TV. So if you take him off there, the only excuse which I fear, and note, I fear they're going to try spinning is, well, the TNT belt is just as equal as the world title, and it's not. Because if you don't have your world champion on or TV... Or their new belt, the uh, All-Atlantic, even yeah. though even though some of the people fighting for it are Pacific, we're going to get to that in a minute because that's going to happen at Forbidden Door as well. Yeah. But that's the whole thing. But you can't say that it's equal value when it's not. If your world champion isn't on TV, interim or not, that is perceived to be a problem by your fans. Well, that, A, it's a problem for the fans. But B, it's a problem of as that you've stated. Yeah. The reason we're having an interim champion is because the champion, CM Punk, is not going to be on television. Mm-hmm. That's the reason. And we don't. I mean, he's. He, I guess he's going to make appearances, which he can. But he's not going to be defending it. That was the whole problem, correct? Am I wrong? No, you're exactly right. That's the, that's the whole thing because he's out you did, and you're not having you know, a new champion and just give him a title shot when he gets back because we don't know when that's going to be. You now have this interim, and what happens when your interim is not on TV? You're back to square one. So what's even the point? So you're, you're almost forcing the hand that Moxley has to win. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. So with that being said, I, I think Moxley's going to win. Now... If you, the only way you could spend this booking, and you're going to take a beating for it, and the only way I would call this not dumb, because I think it would be dumb to put the belt. I love Tanahashi. I think it would be dumb to put the belt on Tanahashi because of reasons. Mm-hmm. What did we just listed? But if you do, and you're all right with him being gone for five weeks, and he has the belt over there in New Japan, which you know he's not going to win G1. Right. I'm sorry, he's just not going to win the G1. Not at this stage, no. The only way that this pays off is afterwards he comes back to do the run. 
which he's not opposed to come to the U.S. He said it mm-hmm. in his, his press conference, giving him credit. But the only way it pays off is if that belt, the AEW belt, if, if, if Punk is healthy by Wrestle Kingdom. And he fights Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom for the, the undisputed title. Yeah, which he made mention. Which Tanahashi challenged him for yep. Wrestle Kingdom if he's ready. Mm-hmm. So the only way of him winning that belt is if that's what you could. And then we could get a couple of dream matches. I would assume maybe Brian Danielson versus Tanahashi. Yeah, they could at one pay per view, and then at the other pay per view because there's only two pay per views. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they could have special events where he wrestles too, obviously. But like the other pay per view, you could just do either Hangman Adam Page, or you could do. I want to do the return of 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 Omega because you save Omega for Punk. Yeah. So you could do Samoa Joe, which would be an interesting dream match. You could. I would do a dream match. Well, that would be the smart play to do. And you know why I was thinking too. There is two other options they could go with outside of the other two pay per views. We don't know the status of Ring of Honor because we do know that they have, uh, I guess, in theory, uh, another pay-per-view coming up later this summer. And if they have one in between All Out and uh, Full Gear, right. that could be another place. Or, but and this this might actually be a, a, a good rating spike. They still have that... Um, they have two. They have two of their belt, Battle for the Belt. Thank set. you. Yes, that's what I'm looking for. So if they want to try doing something there... Well, one of them is coming up soon. It's coming up before... Uh, it's already. I don't remember the date, but they've already said it's going to be. Bu- it's going to be coming up in July or August. It's going to be before All Out. Really? So the other one will come after. So he would only be able to. Uh, he won't be able to make it. He won't in make August. that one though. So the okay. only thing he could make is is the other one. Now, if you can forgive them in the uh, in the internet wrestling community, the AEW stands, if you will, not trying to be a dick, can shut the fuck up for a little bit. The only payoff is if we know Punk's going to be healthy by Wrestle Kingdom and do that big ass match at Wrestle Kingdom, because mm-hmm. that would mean a lot for the AEW World Title, in my opinion. Oh, it'd be huge prestige. Yeah, and then, absolutely. And then, and then you know, fucking Ace eating the pin. The crowd will love seeing Punk there. It's fine. It's fine. Now, if you really want to get tricky. But this is some shit that I know fucking... See, Punk won't go for this. This is the bad part. Mm. If you really wanted to do it up. What was the one thing that Jay White didn't say into the mic, but he said while he was on the ground, and he made this shooting sign. Not a bullet club sign. It was a shooting sign. He called himself the... What What did Kenny Omega used to call himself? Not the best belt machine. Um, the belt collector. That's right. He said, I'm the real fucking belt collector, and that's a shoot. Forgot about that. So if you really were doing long-term booking, and if 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 you could get Punk to do business, good luck, because Punk is the new age Hulk Hogan. I don't care who fight me on that one, because mm. it's true. He doesn't like taking pinfalls. Facts. That night, two, <laughs> night one, you have AEW title decided. You have... Uh, Jay White defend against somebody and night two you have both belts on the line mm-hmm. AEW title versus IWGP world title and you have the young guy you have Jay White go over because then that builds a feud with him and Omega in the states that'd be big money and that's where the money's at yep I'm sorry there's 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 a dream match with him and Punk but I don't know if fucking Kenny's gonna do the job not to Punk yeah that's a good question because I don't know if he would pull that creative control that he does have. Yeah. You know, eh, nah, not today, boss. But you know what he would do is have a great matches with Jay White. You know why? Who had the last great matches with Omega before he left? Jay White. Jay White. It's a telling that's that long, real long-term story over two companies. It would be fucking perfect. And it would be a great way if, if, if they can kiss and make up for Kenny Omega and New Japan to make up. Because he could be their savior. 
to try to get the belt off of the evil, Man. the evil Jay White. Somebody's got to take the belt off of him. He can beat him for the AEW title in America. Mm-hmm. And then Japan can go, okay, at Dominion, because it would be that long. Yeah. Jay White versus Kenny Omega, Omega and- IWGP World Heavyweight title on the line. That would be insane. He, the Savior's coming. The Savior. The Japanese fans love Kenny Omega. The Savior's coming. It's just a question if they would do it. I mean, I think New Japan would do it. I, I think, don't know if AEW would. I think New Japan would be all in. I don't think AEW would, though. By the way, Pad goes, AEW fans, shut up. Next, you're going to ask me to rearrange to Cosmos. Good fucking luck. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but you didn't have to I'm say I'm just saying it. that would be some good, good fucking booking. Yes. Some good fucking booking. I don't think it'll happen. I think Jay White's going to retain, and I honestly think Mox is going to win the belt. Now, if Tanahashi wins and then drops the belt sometime after, I don't, I don't know if that's a good move. It's not. I mean, like, Wrestle Kingdom or bust with Punk. I think that would be the plan. As long as you think Punk's going to be ready by Wrestle Kingdom, give the belt to Tanahashi. Tell your fans to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Let this play out. You guys talk about long-term booking. We're booking till January. Yep. And you could have a huge moment at Wrestle Kingdom. And even if you didn't want to do my idea with Jay White versus Punk. Yeah, sure. Night two, you could main event night one with the IWGP title and talk your way into main eventing night two with the AEW title. The ace is that over. He could be the second night's main event. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. Def- There's no rule that says the IWGP World Heavyweight Title has to be defended twice. Right. They have been doing that. They've been doing it, but there's but not. Does, there's no not requirement. Rule. They just get the main event on the fourth. Since they added day two, and it's no longer New Year's Dash, it's now night two of Wrestle Kingdom. We just happen to have these storylines where the champ fights somebody, and then somebody who has an argument for that belt. So, like two years ago, it was. We had the winner of the Intercontinental title match from night one and the winner of the world title match from night one go on to night two to unite the titles. Mm-hmm. And then this past year, we had the winner of G1, night one, which was Okada. Okada wins the belt. Then Okada defends against Will Ospreay because Will Ospreay had a claim to the belt. Mm. Hence why, like I said last yeah. week, I prefer that over uh, interim titles because then the champion can come back and pull that I'm the champion. Yeah. Like Will Ospreay. And he did it marvelously. That he did. Let's talk about other matches that we're kind of unlocking for Forbidden Door. I want to talk about something that's close to your heart. Now that now that the Great Empire has won the world tag titles. Yes. Now, not coming from the world. So first of all, Great Okan said, we're going to go to the company full of the lazy ones. Yes, he did. And we're going to dominate them too. <laughs> he called them the lazy ones. So first thing, if you're don't get mad at me. AEW stands, no. Get mad at Great Khan. Okay? I think it probably was a shot at the fact of uh, that botch from Trump Peretta. Yeah, I would say so. However, at the end of that match, Rocky Romero got in the business of the Great Empire. Or yeah. United Empire, sorry. So, what you have pitched to me, and I fear this as well, for reasons, mm-hmm. we're going to get Trent Peretta and Rocky Romero, which of course was Rapongi Vice, teaming with the FTR yeah. to take on the United Empire team of, I would assume, the tag champions, Okan and Cobb, probably TJP and Henry. Yeah. Some, you'll get some combination. Some because obviously I think Will Osprey is going to be in a separate match. I still think that there's a possibility we're going to get Osprey versus Kenny if Kenny's healthy. Cross fingers. <sighs> That's because Osprey has been calling him out fucking hard. Yeah, he's been call- he's been doing the what he's been doing. He's been doing what he's doing to. By the way, <laughs> Will Osprey's post thing when he comes in and he gets on the table, <laughs> goes, "What's wrong with this picture? What belt did I win tonight? Anybody in this room? What belt did I win tonight?" 
I won the IWGP United States title. Where the fuck is the red leather and gold? You don't see it, do you? Because this company's too fucking dumb to get the belt back from the guy who had to go have a, his appendix out. You know, you didn't think when he had appendicitis they weren't going to have to have surgery? Yeah. What the fuck? Are these guys idiots? Oh. So I have no belt. But I'll tell you what. Rock hard. Or as I like to call you, little, little cock or whatever yeah. it was. I'm going to come to Orlando. I'm going to find some of your actor friends. Yeah, shots fired at yeah. WWE. I'm going to find out where you live. I'm going to show up with my friends to your house. We're going to take care of some business and beat the shit out of you and take my red leather in gold. Is that clear to you? Unless you send it to me now. Your choice. But I'm on a flight to America tomorrow anyway, so I might as well take care of that business. Because obviously he's wrestling this weekend. So good. He's wrestling in the States this weekend, yep. including his GCW debut. On Sunday in, in uh, Providence. Providence. Dude, Will Osprey, the Billy Goat. <laughs> love it. I love, love it. it. Uh, I don't know why, but the Billy Goat is great. Of course, the Hidden Blade got the victory, mm -hmm. as usual. He, he, I mean, it was a great fetch, but I'm assuming he's going to... He's, he's, he, but he kept calling him out for being a bitch yeah. and a, a puss. He kept calling him a puss. Oh, you had I I my I had a kidney infection that almost killed me, and I'm here wrestling, but you had to have your little appendix taken out, you puss. They're not even important. You yeah. don't need them to live. I need my kidneys, but I'm here wrestling. I'm in pain, but you're just a puss. But he said the same thing about Omega yes, on he Twitter. Did. He said you're just a puss. Oh, I had this wrong in Vertigo, and I you know you tell all these people these fucking stories, old man. It took you till you were in your thirties to accomplish what I did before the age of thirty. Mm -hmm. So congratulations, I'm better than you. You're just acting like you're hurt, so you don't have to fight me. Yeah. And Omega stopped replying to him because I think he realized that he was getting owned. Uh, once again, I want him to be safe. Yes. So if Omega's not ready, do not fight, please. If he's not 100%, st stay out of it. I don't want a half-ass match between Omega and, and Osprey. And I don't think Osprey wants that either. As much as there's some smoke there in the fire, they respect each other. Yes. So I, I'm pretty sure that Osprey's just talking up just in case he's ready because I don't think anybody really knows if Omega's ready. I think mm. Omega's trying to be a game-time decision. And I think that's the right call, too. Because we've heard that he's been out, but who knows? Who knows what's real or not? We also heard that Cody Rhodes is going to be out for nine months when that's not the comeback time for that injury, which most people would remember. John Cena came back from the same exact injury with the same exact surgery in three months. Yeah, I was going to say. So that surgery usually is a six-month tops, but John Cena did it in three, which means Cody can do it in three. And I'm not saying to come back early. No, but they're just throwing everybody off. I just think that they're throwing people off for the nine-month ride. Yeah. It was a shocker, and that's why I was like, wait a minute. All surgeons say it's a fucking six-month six month tops. Mm-hmm. And Cena did in three. He returned at the Rumble, remember? Yeah, because Cena is Cena. Well, Cena's a fucking machine, but so isn't Cody. Yeah. <laughs> so don't believe the hype, ladies and gentlemen. There's a possibility Cody shows up and wins fucking money in the bank. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not saying he should. I'm, already, I'm saying that he may. I'm already calling he's my winner. But let's go back. Yeah. So I would prefer to see the United Empire versus FTR, period. I agree too. I mean, that's that's what you should do. Why are you going to burn the IWGEP tag champs in a in an eight man tag? It makes no sense. Do the right thing. Put them against FTR. Let it go because FTR, your number one contender since the dawn of time, is now in another eight man tag and they're not being utilized right. As of right now, that's what we think is going to happen. But I will say this: I was kind of pulling for Bullet Club because Chase Owens was the guy that looked in the camera before the match and said, "Top guys out." Yeah. So I thought that I'm like, fuck, Bull Club wins. They're going to try to get the FTR. 
Because they kept that saying before. Mm. Chase Owen said, I want those Ring of Honor titles. If you want these IWGP titles, that's fine. We can put them both online. Let's go. And then they, they changed belts. And I'm like, ah, fuck. Yeah. We're going to get the eight-man. Uh, what other match did we want to talk about on this card? Well, they did talk about the All-Atlantic. Yeah, let's get into that. Because I think that's the last thing we have to get into. Because everything else is going to be speculation. Right. We can we can fantasy book all fucking day. Uh, we're, we're pretty sure also we're going to get Okada versus Cole. Yeah. That's kind of where I think the rating is. So... We'll probably get Okada versus Cole. We'll get Moxley versus Tanahashi for sure for the interim title. We're going to probably for sure, think about how he spoke, Switchblade versus Hangman for mm-hmm. the IWGP World Heavyweight title. Probably this eight-man tag. Hopefully it changes and we get the tag titles on the line. That'd be great. I think New Japan would benefit from having uh, the FTR champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not too much of a hot potato in my book. It's, it's moving up, especially if you're trying to get the American wrestling guards. Because unlike AEW, who keeps not using the top guys. Yeah. Is what it is. Everybody else is, and they're getting fucking... They're the hottest tag team in the world right now. Mm. I don't think there's an argument for that. No, you can't make one right now. Okay. So let's get to the All-Atlantic. First of all, let's talk about the... So we have a New Japan side. Mm-hmm. New Japan, though, is being smart. Uh, New Japan Road is coming up this week. <laughs> and at New Japan Road, they're going to have two semifinal matches, which will s- des- to determine the, the finals bracket. Because the winner of each of these matches will go on to face each other in the first round of the tournament okay at Forbidden Door and I think they're crowning the champion that night too because the four way or they'll fight each other later that night they're going to fight each other later because I think it's, the fatal four way is going to be like everybody else from the brackets in okay, let read me read this it says New Japan side of the All-Atlantic Champion Series has been revealed the first semi- semi-final match is going to be Hamina versus Clark Connors okay pretty good and the second one is going to be the Stone Pitbull Tomohiro Ishii versus Kanemura so Ishii's but, winning that. So Ishii, I, I'm assuming Ishii's going to take the whole side. Yeah. Clark Connors could be your uh, the, the dark horse, if you will, because Clark Connors is out of New Japan strong. Uh, there's a lot of upside to that young man. So he could be the maybe, but I'm I'm thinking Ishii's going. Yeah, because Ishii's been on TV before. So that would mean, right now, we've seen Pac move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we technically, we've just seen Pac move on, right? Or did Pac and uh, Malachi Black. So Pac and Malachi Black, which is saving a problem, thankfully. This week we'll be searing Miro and Ethan Page. Yep. And then the New Japan bracket will be probably Ishii is what we're picking, but it yes. could be any of the four guys. So at Forbidden Door, there'll be a four-way match for the All-Land Championship, and it will be Pac, Malachi Black, either Miro or Ethan Page, and I'm going with Miro for I'm some reason. Miro. And then I'm saying the Stone Pitbull's going, but somebody from New Japan. However... This got bogged down a little bit because originally there was some talk that Pento is going to move on to this four-way. Mm-hmm. However, also, they were kind of planning for Andrade to be a part of Forbidden Door. Correct. And we found out today, as we record, that AAA says, not so fast. They have AAA contracts. Other guys, Phoenix does too. There's a few guys. Mm-hmm. Those two guys in particular that you're trying to book on Forbidden Door have AAA contracts. New Japan's partner is CMLL. We hate fucking CMLL. They're our competition in Mexico. We will not have them be on a New Japan show. Mm-hmm. So you cannot use Penta, and you cannot use Phoenix, Andrade and- or Phoenix or any other guy who has an AAA contract. None of them. Can't do it. Not possible. Do you think that Tony Khan, the visionary, at any time went, oh, man, 
maybe all these players don't want to play together. So when I'm booking, maybe I should check with AAA with the guys that they have under contract first. You would think. But I promise he didn't. And because here's the problem, and this is what it is. Take it for what it's worth. Don't care anymore pissing people off, but it's fucking truth. The problem is there is this real, if you go on the internet, there's this real feeling from the homers and that Tony Khan puts out there. And once again, if you think your company's the best, that's fine. You should. Mm -hmm. Calling yourself the visionary, I'd mock you with that because I don't think you're the fucking visionary of shit. Correct. You haven't been, you've been doing this for a cup of tea and you're the visionary? Yeah, you can't really call that title just yet. But whatever, continuing on. You have to know your place in the world. And mm-hmm. AEW fans and Tony Khan, who's the biggest fan, and that's fine. He's the owner of the company. He should be the biggest fan, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not even pissed off about this. So I hope that we don't get any heat back for it because it's really not a pissed off place. This is just facts. Because Tony Khan and the, and the hardcore fans of the company think that, oh, we get to play with Impact Toys, and we get to play with New Japan Toys, and we get to play with AAA Toys, and we get to play with all these toys because they're so lucky to be part of the visionaries project the greatest professional wrestling company the world's ever seen the problem with that is you have to know your role around the world Mm. first and foremost no matter how you and and it doesn't start the fucking arguments the biggest wrestling company in the world is world wrestling entertainment whether anybody fucking likes it or not right no matter how you measure it selling out crowds fucking whatever i can hear all your bullshit fucking statements but they work in the same fucking building as aew and did twice as much money Mm-hmm. Well, ticket prices are more expensive. Yeah, but they sold it out and people were willing to pay more money. Yeah. So what does that mean? And I'm not trying to be a dick. It's just facts. There's real numbers. They are the biggest professional wrestling company in the world, whether people like it or not. Mm-hmm. The number two biggest company by numbers and everything else that you can measure by is New Japan Pro Wrestling. There's a lot of people in Japan. Mm-hmm. It's big. It's fucking big. And then there's people around the world. Not only is New Japan big in Japan, but it's big in Australia, New Zealand, uh, all of the islands over there, Asia, yep. they love New Japan Pro Wrestling. So it's a big area, lots of people. And even in the States, it's infected the States and worldwide. Mm-hmm. Not as big of a following in the States as other places, but still, yeah. it's worldwide. So they're the second biggest company by all measurable matrix. AAA, the third biggest company by all measurable matrix. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in Mexico, people forget about that. Yeah. They're the biggest company in Mexico. They have a rival in CMLL, so they have interests. Mm-hmm. So my problem is, is that Tony Khan, and this doesn't really have to do with the fans. I'm just saying the fans don't understand this and don't want to hear it because just like their leader, they have these rose-colored glasses on. Yeah, There's real-life problems. CMLL is a blood feud with AAA. It's a big deal. Maybe some of the cartel is involved. I don't fucking know. We know the Yakuza is involved in New <laughs> Japan. You saw that Bushi Road. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I told you. I told you. No. Worst kept secret. <laughs> but anyways, so New Japan has a deal with CMLL. That's where they send all of their excursion people to Mexico. They're not going to break that deal with CMLL just because a AAA guy is on the fucking card. It's weird to me that, that Andrade went to AAA because he was a CMLL guy. That's where Los Ingrinables started. Yeah. But he made that deal. He signed that deal. That's his deal. Johnny Elite also has that same deal, although I don't think he was going to be on Forbidden Door anyways. No, I don't think he was. Penta and Phoenix, the Lucha Bros, they have a AAA deal. We all know this. Bottom line, it is what it is. That's why they can't work with New Japan guys on AEW programming either. It's a weird setup, but, I mean, that's something you got to check. But, I mean, this is also, when you are working with multiple organizations, you got to make sure everything is clear and checked. And, And from our opinion here, 
Obviously, it wasn't. And that's that's the vision we see. Uh, Pat says, Tony Khan tried to put a Ferrari engine inside a Fiat. Should have seen it wasn't going to work, but tried anyways. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but you didn't have to say it. I but mean, it, good it luck. Doesn't, it doesn't hurt to try. No. And I'm not upset about it. I just think that people have to remember there's a lot more involved than everybody wants to work with AEW. And now we're seeing a problem yeah. in one of their bookings. And it's not a major problem. I can get over it. But it's just stupid that it had to come out. It's absolutely foolish. I mean, that's and that's the sad thing, too, because I understand what everybody's trying to say. And there's a lot of excitement going into Forbidden Door. But we really got to make sure it's like this is still a business at the end of the day. You still got to make sure everybody is able to work. Because with all those AAA contracts, it's not going to work if it's, they're not you know coinciding with New Japan. Also, I want to point out, we did forget one thing. As long as he's healthy, it looks like the American Dragon, Brian Danison, will be going one-on-one with uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Still sad it's not Orange Cassidy. <laughs> well, he said, give me uh, Zack Sabre Jr., but it's not going to American Dragon. So that looks like that is going to happen. Mm. Uh, but uh, I just, I, once again, it's not the pound on it. I'm glad that he's happy about his company. I'm glad that there is somewhat of rose-colored glasses in a way. But, but when you're doing real business and booking real things, if you're the fucking visionary, you have to see all these visions. Yeah. And he didn't. He dropped the ball on the visions, in my opinion. And once again, this isn't a main deal because I don't think it really hurts anything. But at the same point in juncture, I really feel what the problem is, is that this was just egg on your face for no reason. Mm-hmm. There was another reason for the haters to go, oh, you got egg on your face. And you've taken a lot of L's lately. Yeah. The ratings have never gone over a million. We're we're at thirteen weeks, fourteen weeks in. Fourteen. You know, taking L's. Think, yeah. No matter how you want to spin it, you're taking an L on fucking the 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 view. I don't care personally. Don't but, bother me, but but there's people out there mm-hmm. giving you L's. Injury bug. CM Punk. You finally have your crowning moment. Gets injured. Not your fault. Not even whatever. But you're taking an L. Danielson gets hurt. Taking an L. Mm-hmm. This egg on your face. Taking an L. By the way, it's another reason why you should keep. Andrade's mouth shut. Yeah. Nobody knows about this unless Andrade doesn't say anything. And of course, Andrade, thank you, Triple A. What do you think? Come on, guy. You're not helping anything out. That's that's the shitty part. Yeah. But it's just egg on the face for no fucking reason. And this isn't even Tony Khan's fault. So don't think I've said it. And of course, we're going to talk about the second part of the show and the second mid card. But then you have the the DUI. And, uh,. That's not Tony Khan's fault either. No, it's not. And, and there's no, and we're going to go over that hardcore. Mm-hmm. But at the same point in juncture, it doesn't look good for you as the company that he signed to. I mean, unfortunately, it is the perception is reality. I've always said in the business. So AEW take us some L's, and hopefully they can bounce back. They got a fucking solid card on their hands. I wish there was some different things going on here, but for the most part, I think with what they have, we got the best card we're going to get. Mm-hmm. I mean, Omega, Osprey would be great, but it's going to depend on Omega. I would just like to see the tag title match with FTR. I agree. Uh, but if it's an eight-man, it is what it is. It is what it is. But You still. have two great main events, in my opinion, for belts. So, I mean, I think that they are set up pretty well for Forbidden Door. Of course, we'll be talking about that more, not next week, but the week after, mm-hmm. when we're closer to that. Yes. With that being said, though, Ken M, we are going to take our first break, finally, because I definitely need a drink, and <laughs> I definitely need to rest and regroup myself. Woosa. Woosa, baby. Woosa. Hmm. Uh, when we go to break, I think we're going to play some new music Okay. by our friend Tom Jolu. Let's go. Tom Jolu, if you tune in early, he does a great job. His song, uh, Sideshow, is what we use as our countdown song each and every week here. It works out beautifully for us, and we love Tom Jolu. On short notice, he came and he did a show here for us that was live streamed. We, we, we love Tom Jolu. We love playing his music. With that being said, I'm going to play the song. It's called Pie. 
It's off of Tom Jolu's new EP, Solid Maybe. Mm-hmm. You can find that on YouTube Music, Spotify, Bandcamp, and more. Support the shit out of Tom Jolu because he supports us. If you're watching the stream, you're going to see the info for our good friends over at the Ocho Dura Parlay Hour podcast. When we come back with the mid card, we're going to hit our indie roundup talking the NWA always ready. Unfortunately, the guy who named the show, not able to perform. Not ready. But that didn't mean that there wasn't a good show there. Yes. Also, Wrestling Revolver put on it. That's going to be what we talk about for this week's uh, stuff. And, of course, we're also going to break down some news, including arrest, unfortunately, and a few other things running around the wrestling news. We'll do that and more right after this break. Get it, Kenna. Get that baseline, baby. That song only means one thing. It's time for the mid card of this week's 607 TWS. Are you ready? Hell yeah, I'm ready. 
Let's talk about some indie roundup. Of course, this week brought to you by Fight.tv. Go there to get all great fucking uh, pay-per-views coming up, of course, this weekend. In the main event, we'll be talking about it. You can get that GCW package, New York City and Providence, Rhode Island, respectively double. Uh, they got the joint package. It's always the best way to go. But both of these great events we're going to talk about for the indie roundup are on Fight.tv. You can watch the replay now. If you did not see them, live. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's fucking go, Ken M. Let's talk about Saturday, because both of these shows happened on Saturday. Okay. Let's talk first about the NWA, because NWA presented a pay-per-view called Always Ready, because their champion was always ready, mm. Matt Cardona. Correct. Unfortunately, Matt Cardona suffered a bicep tear and mm. is out for an indefinite amount of time. Correct. So with that being said, we wish him speedy recovery. Absolutely. What were they going to do? Well, let's give a card rundown. So on the pre-show... We had, of course, this was coming from Knoxville, Tennessee at the Knoxville Convention Center. We had Rodney Mack. Yes, that Rodney Mack. Defeat Jake Dum- Dumas. I almost said dumbass to be yeah. a dickhead. It's five minutes, 16 seconds. Rodney Mack still destroying people. Yeah, I was going to say, wow, I haven't, I haven't seen him in a while. We had the next up, we had a three-way tag team match where the Mortons, Kerry Morton and his father, Ricky Morton, the okay. legendary Ricky Morton, Hall of Famer, defeated the country gentleman. AJ Kanzana and Anthony Edward or Anthony Andrews and uh, the ill begotten Alex Taylor and Jeremiah Plunkett. Uh, six minutes and 58 seconds. So a couple little pre show shows. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Let's go to the main card now, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, opening contest of the main card we had Trevor Murdoch defeat Aaron Stevens, four minutes and 38 seconds. What a squash match, but there's been some bad, lo- bad blood between Trevor Murdoch, the former NWA world champion. And Aaron Stevens. Now, was this Stevens' retirement match? I heard something about that, so I'm going to say yes. Okay. However, it's wrestling. Yeah, I was going to say never say never in concern in that. Next up, we had the NWA World Women's Tag Team Title match, uh, and we had a new champions because the Hex, Allison Kay and Marty Bell, were defeated by Pretty Empowered Ella Envy and Kenzie Page for okay. those titles. So we had a new for the women's tag titles. Very cool. Next up, in a match that surprised everybody, we had NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion into the Indie Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer, Homicide, defend his title against PJ Hawks, 10 minutes and 50 seconds, and still... Did not see this coming, to be honest with you. And then, the motherfucker did double duty, because he gets a call-out challenge, and for the NWA World Junior Heavyweight title, Homicide defends the belt again against Colby Carino. Yeah. And he gave one of the most vicious drivers I think I've ever seen, too. He gave him uh, the cop killer. And, uh, yep. To the point that uh, Colby Carino went to Twitter and said, I'm not even a cop, bro. Yeah, he got messed up with that move. Next up, we had Natalia Markov, Markova with Taryn Terrell in her corner, making a return defeat. Taya Valkyrie, 8 minutes and 43 seconds. Yeah, surprised. I actually I caught this one. I was really surprised at this one. La Huera Loca gets beat. Yes. NWA National Heavyweight title match. Your champion, Jack Stane, defeated Chris Adonis in 10 minutes and 19 seconds. Oh. That's a pretty big win under his belt. That's a huge win. Next up, we had Tom Latimer defeat Scion with Austin Idol in his corner, 12 minutes and 30 seconds. Okay. For the NWA World Television title, Tyrus, Tyrus, sorry, Tyrus, formerly known as... uh, Brodus Clay. Brodus Clay, with Black Cheese, my homie, Black Cheese in his corner, (laughs) defeated Mims, 8 minutes and 37 seconds to retain. Okay. We did have a title change here for the NWA World Tag Team Championships. Lay Rebellion, Beast of 666, and Mecha Wolf have finally been beaten for the NWA World Tag Team titles. 
the team that dethroned him, the Commonwealth Connection, Doug Williams and Harry Smith. Oh, wow. Great win. That match got a 13 minutes and 54 seconds. Tremendous match and new. Definitely got to check that one out. Next up was something that a lot of us were waiting for for the NWA Women's World Title. Your champion, and who's had the tightest grip on any belt, Camille. She's still your champion because she defeated Kylan King 17 minutes and 6 seconds now. Did catch this match. Beautiful very, match. very good. Very good match. That was real women's wrestling. That's women's mm-hmm. wrestling. Finest. So then we get the main event. And Matt Cardona comes out and says, hey, I can't wrestle, but that doesn't mean I should lose the belt. <laughs> I mean, I'm paraphrasing because he yeah. said a whole bunch of other shit. Yeah, he did. Which brought out. He said, I'm the one that runs NWA, so I make the decisions. I ain't giving shit up. That brought out the owner of the NWA, Billy Corgan, mm-hmm. or Mr. William Corgan, as he's known there. Yes. We know him as Billy because he's the lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, you're giving up that belt. You're relinquishing that right now. There ain't no interim shit. You're relinquishing Smart it. Smart move. When you're back and healthy, we'll talk about your rematch. But for right now, we're not going to not have somebody somebody holding Sweet Charlotte. Mm-hmm. We're not screwing Nick Aldis over. Nick Aldis was supposed to regain the title. Yes. But it's taken away. However, he said we're going to replace with value. For the vacant NWA World Heavyweight title, we'll have a four-way match. Winner takes all. Ready? Yes. Nick Aldis is in the match. Tom Latimer, who wrestled earlier tonight, gets to be in the match. Mm -hmm. Trevor Murdoch, former champion, gets to be in the match. In the debut of the man they just signed, one Samuel Shaw, formerly known as Dexter Loomis, is in this match. Surprised to see him up here. This match got 18 minutes and 10 seconds. Of course, you already know there was an and new. Mm -hmm. By the way, and new for the second time. Trevor Murdoch is your new NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Very surprised at this, not going to lie. But super happy to see it too, though. Great show, top to bottom. I love the uh, intrigue, especially with the title belt and everything. Good stuff. NWA is doing solid work over there. If you're not watching, Fight.TV. You can watch all their TV programs on Fight.TV. Plus, you can watch the pay-per-views there as well. Yes. And before we get off the NWA, did get the press release. Uh, They do have an announcement going on that for NWA 74... They are going to be returning to St. Louis for the two-day wrestling at the historic Chase Park Plaza Hotel. So tickets are going on sale 10 a.m. Wednesday, June 15th, Central Time Zone. So make sure if you want to get tickets for this, it's a big event going down. So that's where you need to go. Keep your eyes out for that as well. And they're going to be on Fight TV, I believe, as well. Classic venue. Yes, they will be for the pay-per-view because that's their pay-per-view deal. Uh, big fu- the Chase is a historic building. If you are in the St. Louis area or can get to St. Louis, this is a good event to go to because it's a historic building. And I'm sure they're going to do historic things on that night. Yes. Let's talk about our other indie roundup. And this is a company that's near and dear to my heart. Good friend Sammy Callahan runs it. Which he's close to coming back. That's got a big batch schedule next month. We're finally going to see the Wolves versus the uh, Switchblade Conspiracy. Can't wait for that one. It's going to be interesting. I don't know if they call it. I think they just call themselves the Switchblades now. But yeah, they'll always be the Switchblade Conspiracy to me. Unfortunately, the third member is in NXT. That's Joe Gacy. So he will not be there. Yeah. But we will get Mox and Sammy versus the Wolves, Eddie and Davey. So that's, that's going to be awesome. So that's coming up in July, by the way. But before then, let's go through the show from Wrestling Revolver this past Saturday as well from the Colmew Center at Montgomery County Fairgrounds in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, right in the backyard of one Sammy Callahan. Yes, I was going to say that's home sweet home. By the way, this is touted to be the greatest wrestling opener, some people say, ever. Okay. I got the chance to see this match. 
It may be the greatest wrestling opener ever. Really? Rich Swan defeats the East Coast Ace, Jordan Oliver, in 13 minutes, 48 seconds. The key here is coming out party for Jordan Oliver for sure. This did live up to the hype then. Absolutely. Fucking tremendous match. I, I don't know if it's the greatest of all time, but it's great. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's definitely it's a, it's a great match. Make sure you check it out. We had a sudden death scramble match. Jessica Havoc defeated Aiden Prince, Billy Starks, Cole Radrick, Nate Wings, and Trey Lamar in 7 minutes and 54 seconds. Great uh, scramble match there. Next up, we had Madman Fulton, Ful, uh, Madman Fulton sorry, defeat Warhorse. Okay. 15 minutes, 41 seconds. PWR remix title on the line. Your champion, Trey Miguel, defends the title successfully against Alex Shelley. 15 minutes, 11 seconds. Wow, that's big. In a Dayton street fight. Mr. Three-Pete himself, your reigning, current, and defending GCW ultraviolet champion. Alex Clone defeated Myron Reed, 16 minutes, 19 seconds. That belt, obviously, we're not on the line, but yeah. still awesome to see. He did carry it to the ring, by the way, with oh, the TNT title. Oh, that's cool. Mr. Two belts now. Next up for the PWR tag team titles, Prisoners of Society, Steve Macklin and West, Weston Blake. Okay, formerly Forgotten Sons. Yep, yep, yep. Defeated Infrared, Logan James and Tyler Matrix, and Dad Scout, Dan the Dad and Jake Manning, to retain the PWR tag titles. Okay. That match got 17 minutes and three seconds. Great match. Sounds on paper, man. Next up, making his return to the ring early, the draw, the death machine, Sammy Callahan with JT Davidson in his corner. Defeated Damian Chambers in 26 seconds. Chambers came out, popped off at the mouth. And the boss said, fuck this. I'm going to come out and beat wow. your ass. And he made short work as the draw made his return to the ring. Surprisingly, eh, you can't call a full match. 26 seconds. The kid called somebody out. He bit off more than he could shoot. Yeah, I was going to say. Next up, Crash Jackson defeated Larry D. 12 minutes and 42 seconds. The Revolver title was on the line. Your champion, JT Dunn, defeated Jake Chris. 16 minutes and 30 seconds, 31 okay. seconds to retain the title. Uh, by the way, do not fuck Jake Christ over. Video came out today. I guess Ian Rotten didn't pay Jake Christ, so he burned the two IWA Mid-South titles he had. Wow. Just going to throw that out there. Wow. I he said, I this. gave you, he's like, years, and you fucked me over. I've given you years of my career. Guess what, motherfucker? You haven't paid me in over a month, and he lit the belts on fucking fire. Like, And I'm not talking about in a barrel, oh, they might not be in there. Oh, no, they're sitting on the side under a bridge, and he <laughs> douses them and lights them on fucking fire. You watch them burn. Let's keep it real, folks. Fuck. <laughs> If it's not an angle, holy shit. Jake Chris, don't fuck with him. Get that man his money. Yeah. And last but certainly not least, in the main event of the evening, and this is a dream match of sorts for me, the man, the Death Rider himself, John Mr. Moxley. John Moxley, one half of the Switchblade Conspiracy, defeated Speedball Mike Bailey, 15 minutes, Ooh. 35 seconds. This match was lived up to the fucking hype and then some. I thought it was cool to see Mox wrestle a different style. You always forget that Moxley can wrestle any style. Yeah. And uh, he, he did it again. And fucking uh, Speedball, man. Speedball showing why he's one of the best wrestlers in the world, period. So check that out. Speedball's been on a tear since he's been back. Check that out, my good friends. Well, let's talk about the elephant, shall we? Yeah, we got to. I don't really want to, but it's got to happen. Mm -hmm. It's got to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, last night, in this great state of Florida. <laughs> I say that tongue-in-cheek, by the way. No offense to anybody from Florida. Yeah. Jeffrey Nero Hardy was arrested for, and I uh, quote, 
Violation of restrictions placed on driver's license. Driving while license canceled, suspended, slash revoked. And DUI, alcohol, slash drugs, third offense within 10 years. Uh, bail was set at, uh, looks like $3,500. Okay. Because uh, Florida gives out all that information. Some people are like, is it legal to have that out there? Well, yes, it's public information. In Florida, they give out all that information. Mm. That's how I found out somebody I knew was in jail in Florida. Yeah. They were missing. Somebody called me uh, worried. And my wife went to Google, and we ended up finding out he was in jail, thanks to public records. Uh, we'll go no further than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to help. A lot of speculation, of course. A lot of people went to Twitter. And I want to get this out there. I want to say some things. Kind of. Okay. Sometimes, believe this or not, wrestling fans, not everything is about promotions. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is about who's got the biggest dick. Yep. Not everything is about things. This is a man's life. Literal life. That he keeps having these demons and he keeps having these problems. Literal life. Mm-hmm. Not to mention when he's behind the wheel of a car, he could have killed someone else. Yeah. This is life or death legit. This is not the time to go, well, WWE paid for him, wanted to pay for his rehab. I guess they were right. Or this is my favorite argument from the other side. Well, if WWE was so great, they wouldn't just pay for rehab. They'd have health care. Well, AEW doesn't have health care either, genius, but still, whatever. This is not the time for that shit because it's not WWE's fault and it's not AEW's fault. Mm. It's not Vince McMahon's fault and it's not Tony Khan's fault. This is a Jeff Hardy fault. Mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy has demons. And every time, as fans, we go on the internet and have these dumb fucking arguments, it just props him up to keep making these mistakes instead of holding him accountable. WWE did offer him rehab. Allegedly, he passed the test. Now, this is when people like he passed a drug test. Well, I'll tell you why he passed a drug test, folks. Because it wasn't drugs. It was alcohol, Mm -hmm. which people were vehemently denying on the internet, by the way, before it came out. By the way, it is here. Officers administrated a breath test, and Hardy's first sample read .294 of blood alcohol content. A second sample read .291. The legal limit in Florida is .08. Do you know what the lethal amount of alcohol in your system is? Anything over .15. Yeah, I was going to say. This motherfucker was pushing two times the legal, like the lethal amount. You could die. So you know why he passed a drug test in WWE? Because he was drinking. And drinking doesn't come up on a drug test. Alcohol only stays in your system for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And when you take a drug test, they're usually testing for drugs. Or yeah. if you're drunk at that moment. So by the time he took the drug test, he hadn't been drinking. Genius move, huh? Or if even if a little bit of alcohol came in, mm-hmm. it's still gestated. So that means he wasn't above the legal limit. But that doesn't defend WWE. That just means maybe we should have listened to the warning signs and he should have gone to fucking rehab. But no, everybody, including his brother, and I'm not blaming Matt either, believed him. Said, oh, no, he's not on drugs. Because he wasn't on drugs. Yeah. Maybe he was. Maybe when we get the toxicology report back, he was on a bunch of things. But we have, from a legitimate fucking Source. source, because it's a newspaper, actual journalist, coming from the Florida records that are out there in the public, mm. his blood alcohol level, first test, 0.294 at the scene, probably. Because they usually give you one at the scene and then one back at the station. And by the time I got to the station, it was 0.291. Yeah. It's, you do a double one so you make sure you're not fucking it up. And then that high is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that's unexcusable. At that point in juncture, I don't even want to do the math on how many times over the legal limit he was. Yeah. And behind the wheel of a car with a suspended or revoked license. 
So instead of us arguing, and this is just me as a human being, and I mean this in all, all fucking honesty, instead of us arguing about who has the bigger dick, about who's the better wrestling company, about who's who's better than other, and oh, I can Vince and them made him dead, and da, 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 or AEW let him slide, and that's why he did it. No, 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 no. Jeff Hardy's had demons for a long time, mm-hmm. and he's never conquered those demons. And I'm sure his in-ring work does hurt. I'm sure he's in a lot of fucking pain. But yeah. that's not the reason to do what he's doing. There's no excuse. I'm sorry. He's a grown man just like anybody else. His excuse, he does have a disease it's called addiction. Mm-hmm. Whether it's drugs or alcohol, he's had both. But he needs help. And instead of arguing about who's got the bigger fucking dick, let's try to shower him with fucking well wishes and dude, get some fucking help. Do it for us. If, if the fans mean as much as he says they do to him, let's as fans go, hey, we love you. We don't want to fucking lose you in a fucking car accident or because you don't wake up because you swallow your vomit or whatever, man. Like, this is real stuff. It's making me teary-eyed a little bit, man, because this is real life. And we're arguing about a fucking wrestling promotion and about which one has the bigger cock? Come on, guys. We have to do fucking better than this. This is a situation that we as wrestling fans need to rally around him and really drive the point home to him to get help. This isn't about WWE. This is not about AEW. If that is your argument here, take it somewhere else. This is real life. This has consequences. Jeff has had a history, unfortunately, of addiction issues. It's been well documented. You can, you know, obviously we're oh, not. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's this, not like we're making this shit this up and pulling out of our ass. Exactly. So now is the time for people around him, people that care about him, really drive that point home to get him some help. And he needs to be the one to co-sign on that and get some help for himself. This is not about wrestling. This is about life. And frankly, I would much rather see him done and get healthy and get into a good place wherever that's going to be than see him trying to break his neck in the ring doing a swanton. That shit don't matter to me. I would much rather see him off TV. I don't even give a shit how you do it. And just get somewhere to get you some help. And the people around him, don't let him back in the ring until he does. That's my advice to you. Absolutely. If I'm asking for anything from from a promoter and from Tony Khan AEW, and hopefully Tony does the right thing, keep him out of the fucking ring Mm -hmm. until he goes and gets help. WWE tried that. That's what we now know that they tried. Yeah. And... It's not a blame on them. It's not time to take shots at them. It's not time for fucking any of that. At the end of the day, as fans, I'm, I'm saying to everybody, uh, Pat says Jeff needs help, period, because if he doesn't get serious help, he's going to die. That's all that should matter is getting him help. Exactly. Facts. As fans, instead of worrying about WWE, AEW, what this person did, what this person did, what they didn't do, whatever. At the end of the day, as fans, we need to shower him with care and say, hey, we don't want you to die. We don't want something bad to happen to you. If you truly love us the way you say you love your fans, and I think he does, Mm -hmm. you will go get help for us. Yeah. Because I would rather him never wrestle the fuck again and be alive and be able to interact with fans at events and everything else than to see him continue on this, this same cycle he's on where he gets better for a little while, he falls off the wagon, and he does something, and then he and it just cycles. It cycles. It cycles. And then it makes you really wonder. Mm-hmm. Was he of sound mind at the pay-per-view? 
what what we thought was injury was that him being inebriated. Yeah. And if that's the case, I'm not blaming AEW once again because they might have not known. That's the the thing. one thing about an alcoholic or a drug addict is they can hide the shit. Mm-hmm. Don't don't think they can't. People get fooled all the time. Uh, Pat says, for what it's worth, Uncle Dave is reporting while AEW has not said anything publicly, Warner Media was told to stop all promotion of Jeff Hardy and any commercials or anywhere else immediately. Well, that's good. That's good that Warner Media is taking that stand. And I'm glad that Uncle Dave's reporting that. And honestly, this is one of the things I'm going to say that me and Uncle Dave would agree on. Mm-hmm. I think we both would agree on that Jeff Hardy needs fucking help and it's more important to help him than to tear down wrestling companies. Yes. So, wrestling fans, let's be better for the sake of Jeff Hardy and for the sake of his life. This isn't just some fucking wrestling angle. This isn't some fucking work. Mm-hmm. This isn't. This is life or death at this point in juncture. With that much blood alcohol, he could have died. <laughs> yeah, like it's not. That's not. That's not good. There's no gray area about it. And once again, none of this is Tony Khan's fault. None of this is AEW's fault. None of this is WWE's <sighs> fault. None of this is Vince McMahon's fault. Mm. He has a disease that's called addiction. We need to treat that, and the way you do that is with a warm fucking heart. And we need as fans. To however we can, make sure he knows that we care enough that he gets better. Yeah. And we don't want to see him if he's not better. Mm-hmm. Bottom fucking line. And I hope he finally gets the help he needs because this has gone on too long. And I understand he didn't have the easiest fucking life. That's where the demons come in when you don't have the easiest life. Sure. But you got to fight. You got to fucking fight. And I understand it's hard. And I, you know, I've known people with addiction. I, I've dealt with people with addiction. Luckily, I don't have that disease. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people close to me have had that disease. And it's fucking hard. It's hard to look at them. It's hard to help steer them in the right way. But that's what we have to do at this moment. Not worry about what company is better than the other. Because at this moment, that doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what company pays for his rehab. I don't give a fuck what company fucking helps him. He can work out a deal like Moxley did. I'm sure WWE would have no problem fucking paying for the rehab. Mm -hmm. They did it for Moxley. They'll do it for him. Yeah. I don't think that it matters. At the end of the day, that's one thing that Vince has never cared about, and he's always said, I don't care where we end on whatever. If you need help, I'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. He just has to be ready to get the help. Yes. I think Tony Khan should get together. Hell, this is one of those times that maybe Tony Khan should get on the phone with Vince because it's not like they haven't talked before mm-hmm. and say, hey, we need to figure out what we need to do to get this man help. Yeah. So this is bigger than the wrestling business. Please treat it as such. Whew. It seems hard to come back from that and talk about something more fun. I'm not going to talk about the MVP Chris Jericho thing because let's be honest, the reason I'm not going to talk about it is because Chris Jericho was writing checks with his mouth that his ass can't catch. Mm -hmm. If you guys don't understand, fucking MVP is a black belt in BJJ and wins senior events in BJJ. If Chris Jericho would have tried to fight MVP, he would have probably ended up with something broken. Yes. He would have slapped him in some kind of fucking lock, a Kimura, a leg lock, a guillotine choke, whatever, real fucking quick, and that would have been the end of Le Champion. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, drunk ass Uncle Chris only thinks he's a Billy Badass when he's walking to a yellow elevator telling I don't fight jobbers. Yeah. You notice he was smart enough not to approach. He picks his spots. And I don't want to hear this. Well, he went after Goldberg. We all know Goldberg is kind of uh, soft. And uh, when he went after Lesnar, he's just like Lesnar laughed at him. Yeah. Which was sad. Lesnar's like, you don't know what you're doing? And he laughed. Because I please believe me, if Brock would have fucking hit him, that would have been all for Chris Gold Chris Moneybags. You've been gone. Yeah. So I, I don't care about that shit. Just why? You know, I understand there was some shit said online. <laughs> Fucking it, it, MVP pulled his bitch card. Mm-hmm. And Jericho was a bitch, got in the elevator and yelled. And then he's trying to make it sound like he's a tough guy. That's not a tough guy move, guys. No. But let's just be honest. It's a smart move. 
Because MVP would have fucking he would have washed him. He would have tapped him out. He would have washed him. Easy. Don't don't get fooled. A black belt in BJJ is gonna fuck you up. He's won senior tur- tier tournaments. Yeah. So he wear he he fights in Gi BJJ Senior League, which is over the age of fifty. And that doesn't mean people are weak. No. Trust me, there's some fucking salad dudes in that division. It's like getting a fight in fight with Lindsay Dorado, who's also a black belt in BJJ and fights Gi tournaments and won Gi tournaments. Yeah. You don't want you want no part of that smoke. No. Because they get a hold of you, that's fucking it. Yeah. They don't worry about strikes. They break bones. Mm-hmm. So, LA Champions got to lay off of that. It's, it's, it's fake fucking outrage, guys. Let it go. Let it fucking go. For both of them, let it go. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter how you how you cut it, you guys got to be bigger than that. Because, first of all, MVP, you're not going to change his political stances. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Chrissy, he, he, likes, he, he, he likes his uh, conservatism. It's fine. It is what it is. Uh, this one's fucking close to home. KG Muda. Yes. Great Muda has announced that uh, he will be retiring by the fall of 2023. He's got five more matches allegedly in him. He's got things in mind, but he's going to wrestle five more matches and he's going to call it his career. And I'm fucking sad because I never got to see him. He's the one wrestler I love that I never got to see. Let's take a flight out. Chris versus Lashley would have gone the way of Askren versus Mazival. Let's be real. Yeah, but he wasn't even fighting Lashley. He was going to fight fucking... MVP. I'd yeah. rather fight Lashley because Lashley can, he he knows BJJ, but he also strikes. So he's gonna yeah. strike you first. But Muda, man, fuck, Muda, fucking losing my heroes, man. But who? I would say, who do you want to see him fight in a dream match? Is there anybody there that's really jumping out? Ah, uh, man, I know he already. If he didn't already retire, it would have been great to see him in Liger one more time. I know they're both up there, but it'd been great just because that was a great feud. Uh also another person because I know now because we know Noah works with New Japan now. Uh, and it, it's it, I don't know how he feels about wrestling, but it would be cool to see. And I mind you, I don't know if it'll be the greatest match of all time, but it'd be cool to see the two uh, from the, the the three the original three Musketeers, him mm. and Chono, him and Masahiro Chono, get it on one more time, just for personal, oh. just for personal stuff. Uh, Mirafuji would be one of my picks. Okay, uh, Mister Noah, I think that uh, the guy who is champion Noah and Muda should definitely fight Mirafuji, who is also one of his proteges, if you will. Mm. Uh, I would like to see him get a one last New Japan match. On the dream to note in New Japan, honestly, ZSJ. Okay. I'd like to see Muda and Zack Sabre Jr. in a very technical match. I think Muda could skate through that. I would like him just as Keiji Muda for that match, though. I would like him to be Great Muda one last time. I don't know if he's going to do it all five times, but I would like him to at least be Great Muda. Big entrance, fucking smoke going off, and then Muda appears and the mask and the, the fucking pageantry of Muda. I would love to see that one more time. But I do want to see some Keiji Muda matches. If he gets a New Japan match, I would like to see him against... Uh, yeah, if they're going to do a young guy, ZSJ, if they're going to do an old guy, Suzuki. Yeah, I, mean, I think he might. You know what? Suzuki got one of the last matches for uh, Liger. Yeah. And we got the, the the Poison Liger. Maybe that's the match you do for Muda to do the Great Muda. Great Muda versus Suzuki at a pay-per-view, or maybe Wrestle Kingdom. I can always say fingers crossed for GCW. No, I would. You know, if he comes to the States, I, I don't give a fuck. I, I, I might have to be like, my, tell my wife, you know what? Everything's off. I'm taking a flight wherever because I'm going to see Muda. Yeah. Because I'm not going to miss my opportunity. But if I can't see Muda, that's fine. I'd love to see him. I need to, I need him in one more time in New Japan. That is a company that he championed. Without mm-hmm. himself and uh, Toshu and Chono, there would be no New Japan wrestling right now. Yeah. And so I think we need to see if Chono, I don't think, is going to go anymore. But he's a top tier guy in the in the uh, NJPW offices, so it'd be cool to see that. Just because that'd be cool. Mm. But I think if you're going to do Muda, maybe Great Muda versus Suzuki at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, his last New Japan match I think should come at Wrestle Kingdom. That would fit into his timeline. 
But now that Noah and New Japan are, you know, Working New Japan together. bought New Noah. That's what happened. New yeah. Japan bought them. Uh, now that they are doing that, I think that that's likely. I would love to see that. Yeah. That's my pick. And if you're talking about his final match, his final match in Noah should be in Noah. And I think it's Marafuji. Okay. Because it passed the torch. Even though Marafuji's been wrestling for a long time, he's still in the top of his career. Mm-hmm. I think that that torch passing would be cool to see the mentor take on the teacher one last time. Okay. But I think that should be done as Keiji Muda. I don't think they should do... I think I honestly think they should... I mean, if he wants to do more, I'm fine with it. But if mm-hmm. he, I think they should do only one more great Muda match. I think Wrestle Kingdom's a place. Big entrance. Yeah. Fucking smoke coming up. Muda appears out of the fucking stage. People go fucking nuts. And I think Suzuki's the guy. Because you can build a story where Suzuki gullies him into it, slaps him around it, Noah. You imagine he did it at WrestleMania? I don't think that would happen, but that'd be awesome. I think that he should... I think that WWE should reach out and see if he can go to the Hall of Fame this year. Yeah. That's why I, I say, think give that would be smart one shot and give him WrestleMania. And if they drop the ball on that, AEW, pick that ball up. Bring in Muda. Not even in for a match. See if he'll come over to the stage just to fucking do like some kind of honoring thing, like a, do a tournament in his honor or something. I don't know. I think that'd be cool. Well, he says he's going to retire next year. Uh, the spring. Maybe. Spring of 2023, he said. Five more matches. Yeah, they could talk him into doing for so maybe would, next year. Eh, that, I don't think he's – that'd be close, coming up to his last match, though. Yeah, unless, you know, you never know. Money could talk. So. Well, I don't know if I would do that if I'm Muda. I think that I your la- his last match needs to happen in Japan. Okay. I think he knows that. I think Noah's the place for his last match. Okay. The place where he dumped his heart and soul. I do think the Wrestle Kingdom moment needs to happen. And I now that I've talked about it, I think that that will happen. I think you're going to get Suzuki Muda. I think you'll get a build where, like, Suzuki shows up at Noah shows with Suzuki Goon, who were in Noah, mm-hmm. and smack around Muda and be like, you're nothing, old man. You're an old, you're older than I am. People respect you for some reason, and, and not as many people respect me. I had to work harder for it. Why do they respect you? They shouldn't respect you. You're nothing but a feeble old man. Yeah. And just kind of just smack him, bully him around, maybe go after some of his, his young protégés, some of the young boys, so that way it, it fires Muda up. And then, like, have him jump Muda one time, and Muda's like... You're not gonna fight, you know. Get get to Wrestle Kingdom, have the match where it's slated KG Muda versus Suzuki, and then you go at day of the show. It's just like you're not getting KG. You're mm. getting Great Muda. You're getting you're getting the demon. The demon's coming for you, and I'm going to take your soul. Yeah. <laughs> and that'll be great because we get to see the mist and the fucking licking out of the fucking fingers and the everything. Dude, fucking great, man. Mood is amazing. Such a great... And, uh, you know what? He should call... You know what? At this point in juncture, he has nothing left to prove. He's a legend of the business. Legend. There's, uh, You know what? If you're talking about my top five of all time, Mood is there. Mm. I Personally, he's one of my favorites of all time, period. He's up there with Macho Man. I know it's my... Top yeah. five is a weird top five. I got Macho Man in there. I got Shawn Michaels in there. I got uh, the Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in there. I got great Mood in there. No argument about that, man. I mean, great wrestlers. If you go top 10, I got fucking Liger in there. And I did get to see Liger wrestle live twice. Mm. So I have that under my belt. I'm excited for it. But let's end the mid-card on. I know we're going long, guys. You know, sometimes we go long. But let's end on a high note. Okay. Eddie fucking Kingston. Ah, God bless the Mad King. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are not following Eddie Kingston on social media, what the fuck are you doing with your lives? Why are you even have a social media? I mean, you should follow at OD Parley Hour. You should follow at Three Fetners Pod. But you should also follow Eddie Kingston. Because if you're not, you're missing gems. You're missing gems. Of course, you know, he takes his shots at Punk every chance he gets. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this past week, though, he was on Weekend Joe uh, doing a podcasty. 
and uh, he made some uh, comments about Brian Danielson. Yes. He said, longer than Mox, I've known Brian, and Brian's been a piece of shit since I've met him. <laughs> Kingston stated, the host began laughing at the Mad King's response, but Kingston remained serious. I'm not going to lie to you guys and be like, oh yeah, we're best buds. No, I don't. Brian, in my opinion, should be a on a lot of Mount Rushmore's for wrestling. You could go independence. You could go now. If you're talking about technical wrestlers, all this stuff, Brian is the GOAT. G-O-A-T even said. Spelled it out. Discussion with anybody. But I'm not a mark. I'm not a fan. I'm not a stan. If I think you're a bad person or for Brian, I think he's a judgmental prick. He judges people, so I don't like Brian. He went as far as calling him a bully. And then we were reminded a few months ago, Brian Danielson admitted to being a bully. Yeah. So it's kind of funny that uh, the Mad King took that shot but that wasn't all so we talked about it it looks like we're gonna get zsj zach saber jr versus brian danielson at forbidden door mm -hmm. well the mad king uh by the way at mad king 1981 just so you guys can follow and make sure you're following because it's great he decided he was gonna tweet about it when the rumor came out are you ready yes i hope we get at zach saber jr versus at brian danielson so i can finally see who is the biggest self-important prick in wrestling zach i still Ooh. want my match i was supposed to get it at rev pro uk Let so he know. called them both out for being pricks and now mind you both of them are great wrestlers yes the mad king does not mince words he does not like cm punk nope <laughs> i don't know if the feelings mutual because punk likes the joke but i think that he tries to get kingston to like him and Kingston doesn't buy. And now we're finding out he doesn't really like Brian Danielson at all, which is fine. You don't have to like somebody to respect them because he gave them all the praise in the world. Yeah. He respects the man. He just doesn't like him because he's a judgmental prick in his words. <laughs> just wait till that feud starts. Oh, my God. Save us, Mad King. God bless him. Dude, if you're not going to put him in fucking matches, <laughs> let the fucking Mad King run rampant on the microphone. And what you won't let him say on the mic, don't worry. He'll say it on Twitter. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And uh, we were reminded it was what it was a two years ago today that he cut the epic promo on uh, a cookie yep. for being the elite. By the way, the man can cut a promo on anything. And I want to throw this out there for the wrestlers who watched our wrestling fans. I know we haven't given you tidbits in a while. I'm not going to make this one long. There was a lot of people who used to make fun of the fact that in NXT they would cut promos on different things. Mm -hmm. Eddie Kingston was poking a little fun, but said that that is actually a good thing to do. You know who came up with that concept? The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, one of the greatest promo guys of all time. The reason he's, he used to say about cutting promos, especially on just regular objects or wrestlers that weren't even around you or anything else, and just even doing it in the mirror to yourself, was because the more you do it, the better you are at it. Yep. And so my suggestion to any wrestler for doing promos, pick a wrestler to cut a promo on, cut the promo. If you want to cut a promo on a fucking broom, do it. You want to cut a promo on a blow-up doll, do it. If you want to cut a promo on a bag of M&Ms, do it. I would prefer to cut it on, you know, hey, I'm going to cut a promo on the new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Not to put on the internet, but in your mirror. Yeah. And you know why? Because then when it comes down to it, and you get in front of a live crowd, and you have to cut a promo on whatever wrestler, it's fucking second nature, baby. Mm. Second nature. And that's, so that's good things. And the fact that Eddie Kingston is so damn good that he could cut a promo on a cookie tells you all that you need to know about the Mad King. And once again, I say, save us, Mad King. And uh, I'm so happy for everything that he gets because he earns and deserves yes, he does. every fucking piece of it. One of the most important guys to have in your locker room, AEW has definitely benefited from him being in the locker room mm -hmm. and being the de facto leader. So that right there is a positive. 
for AEW and those young guys. And if you're a young guy, make sure you pull up a, a chair underneath that fucking tree. Because mm -hmm. I tell you what, Eddie will talk for fucking days about pro wrestling. Just listen. Yeah. Pull up a chair, take a seat. He won't care that you're there. He will tell you everything you need to know. And just soak it in and listen to the man because he's done it all. Mm -hmm. He might not be that mainstream WWE success that some people look forward to. But he's been around the world numerous times. He's a legend. He is a legend of this business. And he's been around and he's been in the locker rooms. And he's a student of the game. Mm -hmm. Look at the matches. By the way, if you're a wrestler, follow him just to watch the matches he posts. Yeah. Because you're going to see shit you've never seen. If you've never watched Misawa wrestle, mm -hmm. what the fuck are you waiting for? If you've never seen Kenta Kobashi wrestle, Sir. which is, uh, he just said, it just came out. He yells before he does the machine gun chops, he yells Kobo out. Yeah. Because that's where he got it from. In paying homage to Kenta Kobashi. If you don't know Kenta Kobashi, you better fucking find out. Watch the mm -hmm. match. As a matter of fact, I got a great one for you. Samoa Joe versus Kenta oh. Kobashi in Ring of Honor. Oh. By the way, if you've never seen Samoa Joe's uh, chest look like hamburger meat, Yo. watch that match. Yeah. Fucking phenomenal. Uh, so many greats. Make sure you get some, be a student in the game, man. Watch them dynamite. You know, you don't have to like the motherfucker because he's a piece of shit human being. Mm -hmm. Watch them dynamite kid videos. Yeah. One of the greatest in the ring of all time. Watch them Owen Hart videos. Mm-hmm. Seriously. There's nobody smoother. I would even argue the fact that Owen in the ring, better than Brett. And that's not trying to be blasphemous. I like Bret Hart. No, it's a good argument, though. But Owen is... I thought Owen was always smoother in the ring than Bret. Mm. Always. If, if, if Bret's the excellence of execution, which I believe he's very good, I think Owen is was that step above him. He was smooth. Yeah. He could transition in and out. He could do the... He could flip. He could do a little more do, flying he stuff. Could, he could do all sorts of... But he, his transitions were flawless. Mm. Flawless. Go ahead. Watch an Owen Hart match and watch him transition and just get out of holds yeah. and just reverse stuff. It's just no wasted motion. So for wrestlers, watch those guys. And and pay attention to Eddie Kingston because he puts up some gems. Yes, he does. He has some great stuff. So, yeah. Cut promos in the mirror against wrestlers. Look at your mannerisms. Look at your face because the day of cutting the, let me tell you something, brother, mm -hmm. promo is gone. Yeah. <laughs> you have to cut real promos and they have to sound good and you can't be over-breathing. You can't be spitting into the microphone. You got to be able to go. Mm -hmm. So there's my gem. I know I did a little earlier. We still got a fucking main event. We're going long tonight, baby. Hell yeah. I'm tired. I'm wired. Like I said before, we're going fucking long. We're coming back. We're taking the break. If you're watching on, on Twitch, you're going to see three fat nerds podcast information. Okay. You're going to hear regardless. Our good friends, shout out the robots fail better. I heard they're working on a new album. Is that rumor true? That rumor is true. Ooh, baby, we're going to have some new Shout out to motherfucking robots. I cannot wait. Cannot wait to see them tour as well. Yes. I'm, I'm always a fan of going to their show. So make sure you check them out and ho fucking hook them up on Spotify, uh, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And keep your eye on their Patreon because when they fire that shit back off, you should support them there too because they're fucking awesome. Yes. They're great friends and they support everything we do and we, we love them. Uh, so you're going to hear their song, Fail Better, which is the theme song for the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. When we come back, we're going main event. We're double dipping. We're going to preview Impact Wrestling Slammiversary. We're also going to preview uh, GCW's big weekend coming up. And uh, spoiler alert, myself and Ken M will be in the house on Saturday in Queens, New York, in the Melrose Ballroom. Let's go. You're going to want to see that show and more. We'll be right back to go into the main event of this show.
That's right, it's time to rumble. It's time for the main event of this week's edition of 607 TWS. Thank you for making it through this extended version. You know, sometimes we get long-winded, but, you know, sometimes it's important. New Japan had a big thing go down. We had to give that the light, mm-hmm. especially for Britain door implications. And then, of course, of the Jeff Hardy situation, which I, I really do mean. Everybody, go out of your way. Send some nice, positive thoughts to Jeff Hardy. Absolutely. So we can get him the help he needs. Because... I don't want to hear this shit again, man, because this is, this, is, this is rough. This is a man's life. Mm-hmm. Let's get off of it. Let's have a good time. We're going to finish out previewing two huge shows coming up this weekend. Both are going to be on Fight.TV. But before we talk about that, how about we talk about the sponsor of the main event? Uh, I, 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 we have to give these guys a shout-out because sponsoring the main event is our good friends at Dragon Master Games. Hell yeah. For all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit Dragon Master Games dot com uh you can buy singles you can buy gaming stuff and uh not to mention so much more uh and of course if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 if you want to find out about events going on at the shop dragon master games on facebook like that page yes uh we uh we, when we say that we mean this the 8122 production studios is legitimately in that in this building that's mm. where we are right now the building is closed they trust me enough that i have a key yeah <laughs> uh and, and let us do all sorts of fun stuff including watch parties and stuff so we cannot thank them enough we need to start thanking them more in my opinion so mm. dragonmastergames.com if you play magic the gathering or any other games check out the website and give them shoot them a little business tell them Tell them in the notes section that the Three Fat Nerds sent you, or 607TWS sent you, whatever, and we'll get you some swaggy, swag, swag, because mm-hmm. Diesel works here, so uh, <laughs> he sees the notes, and he knows how to get them fucking stickers and shit to send out to you folks, so let them know. Yes. ODPH sent you whoever, whatever. Yeah. Shoot up. We got swag to send. Are you ready to talk some GCW? We're going to talk about GCW ready first. To talk We're going to Let's go. We are going to end with Impact. Okay, so we'll start on Saturday. Go in order. This will be on Fight.TV. By the way, if you want to get the GCW package, it is on Fight.TV. Uh, it is a bundle package, so it's always decent. By the way, you could probably watch all these events. Mm-hmm. Because the first event is coming to you at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fight.TV from the Melrose Ballroom in Queens, New York City. New York City. It's GCW's You Want and Understand. Yeah. And myself... And Ken M and Crazy Curtis Gaming will be in the his house in the Melrose Ballroom. So keep your eyes on our social media. We'll be taking pictures and having a good time at GCW as they take over New York City. Can't wait for this card. This is the first time GCW has been back to New York City since the Hammerstein Ballroom Mm -hmm. in January. So this is going to be awesome. Are you ready? Let's go. We have a six-way scramble match. Who does a six-way scramble better than GCW? Nobody. The former... GCW Ultra Violent Heavyweight Champion John Wayne Murdoch versus the King of Wreck Ship Mountain Cole Radrick versus the East Coast Ace Jordan Oliver versus all fucking heart. Now he changed it to Black Heart. Well, not or Black Heart, Grave Heart. No matter how you cut, he's the best in the fucking world. Blake Christian, mm-hmm. the number one contender for the GCW World Heavyweight Championship. The Prize City OG Alec Price. And the phenomenal Jack Cartwheel. This that, is going to be a hell of a fucking scramble. That's a hell of a way to start the show, if that is the opening match. Uh, it's either the opening match or coming back from intermission. Either way, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, they, they had the best scramble ever, according to most fans, last weekend. Yeah. Or last weekend they were live when we were in New Jersey. And they put that on uh, YouTube, too, yeah. as well. So if you haven't seen that, go to the GCW YouTube page and check that out. They might be trying to step it up here and beat that with this lineup. Next match, we have a six-man tag team Lucha Extremo match. ASF, Drago Kid, and Gringo Loco, the base god. Take it on, the SATs, Joel, Jose, and Will Maximo. K. 
can't wait for this one. Legends of the Ring this is going to be fucking amazing. By the way, uh, the, the the reason to get these two cards is I think both of them are deathmatch free. Yes. I know New York is definitely because you can't do it in New York State. So if you're not a deathmatch wrestling fan, this is the time to check out GCW. Attention, and they're putting on some good shit. Attention, Padawan J. It's a good time to check out some GCW. Next up, we got a Legends match, folks. The East Coast legend, the Grim Reefer, going on one-on-one with Indie Wrestling Hall of Famer, the notorious 187 Homicide. That's going to be a dope match. We got returning to GCW since his departure from All Elite Wrestling. Mr. Uh, Fun Size himself, Marco Stunton. He's going one-on-one. He asked for a match. He said he wanted a top talent. He said he wanted to be challenged because he's tired of just doing kitty wrestling shit. Well, GCW answered because they gave him Masha Slamovich. That's going to be a hell of a match. All I'm going to say is uh, there's a sound effect I haven't used in a while, Ken, but this is exactly what Marco needs to do. (laughs) Run. Yeah, Marco. Marco, run. Yeah, run Ma- fast. Masha might kill you. Yep. Masha is on a whole nother level right now. If you haven't been, if you're not familiar with Masha Slammers, but by the way, if you're not familiar with Marco Sutton, GCW, it ain't the kid you saw in AEW. He's a very good wrestler. So Him and Nick Wayne aside. from last year's homecoming, man. Speaking of a grudge match, and if this was anywhere else, it might have been a death match. But Charles Mason, <sighs> you love to hate him. Yeah. But I think we're going to get him taken out. Because he's going one-on-one with an independent wrestling legend who has the greatest music in the history of pro wrestling. And that is the Spider Nate Webb. I was going to say, there's no debate. Greatest intro ever. Ever. After he showed up and tried to kill one of the members of Weedus, Charles Mason, that is. Mm-hmm. I think Weedus should play him to the ring again because Weedus played him to the ring at the Melrose before. This is the place where they played him to the ring. If Weedus plays, I'm going to fucking lose my shit. Yeah, I am too. Uh, next up. The bad boy Joey Janela wanted to challenge. And this young man wanted to wrestle in New York State for the first time in his entire career. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get the 72-year young action Mike Jackson going one-on-one with Joey Janela. You've never seen Mike Jackson. He does some great shit for his age. Yo. And uh, he told he had told uh, he's wrestled for GCW a few times. He told Brett that one of his dreams, he's never wrestled in New York City. And when this show came up, the first thing that came to mind is Brett was like, I'm calling Mike and seeing if he's available because I'm making that fucking dream come true. That's so, awesome. That's going to be cool. 72 years old. He's had a 40-plus year wrestling career. He's finally going to wrestle in the Big Apple. I can't wait to see. He's a legend of the South from the George area. Yeah, he's ridiculous. He's awesome. Next up, Ninja, Kamikaze, Mac, fresh from uh, taking over Noah. Yeah. Did you see how the reaction he was getting over there? In Yo. Noah. He's going back. That's how much they love him over there. But uh, this night, he's going to take on a man who has also just left All Elite Wrestling. The legendary Lucha star, Jack Evans. From the heavens, Jack Evans is going to be there. Don't blink during this one. Dude, I can't wait to see Jack Evans live. It's been a while. I haven't seen him since a Ring of Honor show probably a decade better ago. Yeah. I can't wait for this. Jack Evans is the real fucking deal. You talk about the, the one of the people who created the high fly style? That we watched today, Jack Evans. I'm just super excited to get to see Ninja Mac in person. And now we get to the main event of the evening for the Game Changer Wrestling Heavyweight Championship of the World. Your champion, the Death Rider, John Moxley, the man who will not be coming out to Wild Thing 
Instead, he will be coming out to L7's shit list mm -hmm. to much applause from the New York crowd. If you don't understand that, that was his music back in the day. Yep. He comes out to in GCW and the crowd fucking goes nuts. He is probably only a close second to Nick Gage in crowd reaction, especially in New York City. Yeah. Because L7 hits and the crowd goes nuts. By the way, in the hammer set, I'm going to give you a little peek because I was there. The crowd all around me and all through the building in line was talking. If he didn't come out to L7, we were going to boo him. Yeah. Because we were like, we don't want to hear fucking wild thing. We want to hear shitless. And sure enough, he came out and the pop was real. Fucking Moxley's going to get that pop at Melrose. He's defending the GCW World Heavyweight Championship against 607 TWS's resident and favorite asshole, Tony Deppin. Fingers crossed and new. But this is going to be a hell of a match. Dude, Hershey, Pennsylvania represent, baby. I'm, I'm going to love this match. It's a great opportunity, of course. We're waiting on bated breath for the announcement of John Moxley defending that title or Tony Depp and if he can pull off the win against Blake Christian in the near future. Mm -hmm. Shall we go to Sunday, Sunday, Sunday? Let's do it. So Sunday, this is why I said you can watch everything. Sunday, starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from the Fet Music Hall in Providence, Rhode Island for the first time ever in Providence, Rhode Island. Game Changer Wrestling presents I Never Liked You. Mm. That's at 5 p.m. Eastern. The reason I said it is because 8 p.m. Eastern on Sunday is when Impact is. So you can watch both shows. Oh. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch both shows. Yeah. You, you probably will, too. Probably. I'm going to sleep in, and then I'm going to watch two yeah. wrestling shows after we get back from New York late. All right. Are you ready to hear the card? Let's talk about it. Because, obviously, they did a little bit of business with Beyond Wrestling from up there in Providence. Mm -hmm. You know, that's their backyard. And uh, I'm glad that they did because we got some good matches. The bad boy Joey Janela is going to go one-on-one -on -one with JT Dunn. Ooh, that's going to be a solid Returning match. Returning to GCW in a, it's been say, a while. It's, it's been, been a long time since he's been back. Pro Wrestling Indie Hall of Famer. Legend of the Wing Queen of the Deathmatch, Lufisto. Mm -hmm. This is not going to be a deathmatch, but I'm sure it's going to get rowdy because she's going one-on-one. -on -one. With GCW's favorite daughter, if you will, Alley Catch. Ooh. Ooh, that's going to be... That could be a match of the night, to be honest with you. The king of wreck shit mountain is continuing to have the year of the ratty daddy. Because Cole Raderick gets to go one-on-one -on -one with Ninja Kamikaze Mac. That's going to be a dope match. Dude, what can't, what can't Cole Raderick do? This young man can do it all. He, By the way, I forgot to mention, they got announced today for New York City. Commander from uh, uh, Mexico will be there. They did not yeah. announce what match he's going to be in yet, but he will be on the show. Uh, I forgot to mention that. Sorry, because he wasn't listed. Mm -hmm. I apologize for that. That's on Saturday for New York City. So and, any, uh, and Providence, too, I think. He, uh, he's not listed. He's not currently listed as in a match, but I'm sure he's on both nights. Mm -hmm. uh, so I do apologize for going back. But this next match, this match has happened before. When this man, when this young man was an even younger man <laughs> coming up in the business, he was a little skinny, skinny kid, wasn't muscular. It's before he was Big Breakfast. Mm. Before he started lifting them weights. He started before he started working out with the fucking man, yeah. Nick fucking Gage, and building that frame. That man, of course, is the East Coast ace, Jordan Oliver. He asked, he shall receive for the first time in a long time, a few years. Mind you, the one person went away to Florida for a little while. Mm -hmm. Jordan Oliver is going to go get his dream match to go one on one for the second time ever against. Graveheart, a.k.a. the best in the world, the number one contender for the GCW world title, Blake Christian. Huge match. Big fight feel. Perfect. And in what I'm assuming is the main event of the evening, it's finally happening, folks. 
Unfortunately, due to some uh, commission callers in New York City, and uh, show we know a lot more information about this than we can give out, folks. Mm-hmm. I'm, I apologize. But due to some uh, commission callers in New York City, we were robbed of seeing Billy Starks or Nick Wayne on the Hammerstein show. Yeah. However, Joey Janela said he wanted to make it up, so name who you want at uh, spring break. And Nick Wayne responded. Unfortunately, that person was not available for spring break. But Brett and Joey said, we're going to get that guy. He showed interest. He said, I definitely want to wrestle this kid. I definitely think this kid deserves to get in the ring with me. So All Elite Nick Wayne is going to get in the main event of the evening as he takes on the reigning Rev Pro Commonwealth Champion, the reigning and undisputed, I might add, IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, the Commonwealth Kingpin, the Billy Goat, Will Osprey. Man, cannot wait to see this one. Let's go. This kid's dream's about to come true. He's going to get to step in there with one of his idols because he is rightfully so with his style. He should be an idol. And I cannot wait to see it because I know uh, Will Osprey said back then that, you know what? I'm going to give you the fucking match you deserve. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to come in there and treat you like a child. I'm going to come in there and I'm going to wrestle you like I'd wrestle any top contender in the world. Yeah. You're going to see if you can sink or swim. You're either going to be able to hang with the Billy Goat or you're going to go away. And Nick Wayne's up for the challenge. So I think he'll step up and I think we're going to see a fucking classic. This young kid, 17 years old, is going to put on a classic. And if anybody knows something about young age and, and, you know, and being successful in the business, it's Will Osprey. Mm-hmm. Remember, the man is not even 30 yet. Yeah. And he's already accomplished more than most guys will ever accomplish. It's scary to think about, but man. Like, he's got so much more to go, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to debut. How excited are you to be in New York City for GCW? Can't wait to get back down there, man. GCW put on an amazing show for Atlantic City. Can't wait to see what they do in the NYC. This is your second GCW event. I know. In, in a short period of time, you went from no GCW events to all the GCW events. Making up for the, the world on GCW. Yeah, I know. I wish you could have made that one. That was yeah. a fun time. But that being said, though, that's not the only event. And I said you could watch all of these. Mm. Shout out to our boy, the dog. Yes. I know he's listening somewhere. And he's going to get real excited because he likes him some impact wrestling. Man. Loves that impact. And at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this Sunday from the Tennessee State Fairgrounds in Nashville, Tennessee. Because you're the only 10 I see. Mm-hmm. We got Impact Wrestling Slammiversary, their second biggest show of the year. Shall we dive in? Let's do it. We're going to have his return to the ring in Impact Wrestling as we have a Monsters Ball match. Moose will go one-on-one with the draw, Sammy Callahan. That's going to be a wild match. In a 10-man tag team matchup, we have the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban, who are back together. Two other partners of their choosing who have not been announced. And Frankie Kazarian on loan from AEW. Okay. And they're going against the Honor No More team of Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, PCO, and Vincent. That could be interesting. Any guesses who you think for the two? I'm trying to think of like, I, I think Christopher Daniels is going to be one. Because then you'd have the addiction back. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think of the other. Maybe Davey, maybe Davey uh, Richards. Why not? Why not Davey? Davey and Eddie? Yeah, that could be. See him mix it up on opposite sides again? It's happened in the past. Yeah. That'd be a good shocker. Or with Samoa Joe. Ah, it could be Samoa Joe. Who knows? But I, I would say it would be cool if it was uh, Oh, it'd be dope Davey, if it was Davey. Because I know Eddie will give the like... <gasps> They get the freak out. Uh, next up, for the Impact World Tag Team Titles, your champions. 
Jay and Mark, the motherfucking Briscoes, the best tag team in the world, period, are going to go one-on-one with the good brothers, Doc Gallows and Big LG, or Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, Big LG and the Machine Gun. This is going to be great. Bullet Club versus the Briscoes. Did you see when the Bullet Club invaded the farm? Yes. It was great. That was epic. I can't wait. That's going to be a great match, man. This is, this is a legendary match. match. Bullet Club versus uh, the Briscoes. It's going to be mm. great. Next up, we have an Impact X Division title match and an Ultimate X match. Returning from Japan, the newest member of the Bullet Club, the inevitable Ace Austin, your Impact champion, uh, X Division champion, sorry, will go against Jack Evans, Kenny King, Speedball Mike Bailey, Trey Miguel, and the man that he stabbed in the back at New Japan Pro Wrestling when he joined the Bullet Club. Ace Austin thought he could run, but he couldn't hide because the sauce god Alex Zane is in this match. Man. And I'm sure that the sauce god is coming after Ace Austin. Yeah. We're going to have a new champ by the end of the night. It could be Alex Zane, but I'm not doubting speedball. I can't believe this thing is still around, by the way. I do like everybody in it, okay? But I just can't believe that they still do this. And the for the Impact Knockouts title... We have a Queen of the Mountain match. Remember the King of the Mountain match? The reverse ladder match? Yeah. 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 That's what we have here. Oh. Your champion, Tasha Steeles, defending against Mia Yim. Okay. Short and Grace. Okay. The Virtuosa, Deanna Parazzo. Okay. And Chelsea Green. Love the, love the matchup of who's involved. I've never been a fan of the King of the Mountain match. The, the setup for it, I just think it's too weird. Not my cup of java, but I'm excited to see the wrestlers in this one. I'm excited to see this match. Not my favorite kind of match, but the, if anybody's going to pull off this match and make it decent, it's these, these five young women. Yes, agree. And they, this is women's wrestling. It's going to be great. In the main event of the evening, for the Impact World Championship, your champion, the walking weapon, Josh Alexander, goes one-on-one. Former champion. You could say that he's a franchise of Impact Wrestling. Eric Young. This is going to be a, a really good match. Like, I think Eric Young doesn't get enough credit uh, that he deserves. Like, he's going to really match up with well with Alexander. I think he, it's going to be end still, but this is going to be a hell of a match. I think it's going to be a great match. Uh, with that being said, all of those great events, both the GCW ones have a bundle package on Fight.TV, and also you can get Impact on Fight.TV as well. Um, hey, you can watch all of them, actually. You can watch all three because uh, the GCW show in New York City is on Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Their Sunday show is at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so it should be over right around 8, and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is when Impact Wrestling invades Fight TV mm. for Slammiversary. So I'm intending on watching all these events. I know Ken is probably also intending on watching all these events, depending upon how tired we are from the night before. Yes. But I know we're at least uh, both GCW events, but I'm sure we're going to watch all of them. But with that being said, that's going to bring us to the end of the show. But before we can go, Ken M, tell these fine folks one more time how to find you in the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on social media accounts. Check out Parley Points, T Public Store, The Classified, The Directory, anything and everything that is the ODPH can be found at odphpodcast.com. And I'm going to keep it short and simple. 8122productions.com. Get all the information there. Follow us on social media. It's 3 Fat Nerds Pod. Throw an at in front of it. On the website, we have all the links to T Public, the Patreon, patreon.com slash 8122productions. This uh, channel, friends of the show, so much more. Visit 8122productions.com. Let's keep it short and simple to end out the night. With that being said, another great week of wrestling action. Next week, we will be back. I'm sure we'll have more news about Forbidden Door and such. I'm sure we'll have, uh, we'll definitely be covering the GCW shows. And mm-hmm. and uh, the impact. Also, next week we should be previewing for previewing door. Forbidden Door. So we got a lot. We got another big show coming up for you guys. So you know, hey, take all that you can get. 
With that being said, for myself, for Ken M, uh, we only have one thing left to say, and that's take care of yourselves. Take care of each other, and most importantly, later, wrestling fans to sweet! Top ropes, one, two.